Ladies and gentlemen, y'all said y'all liked the mix last time for this nigga's birthday. So we're going to start it off like this. Let's go. For the ladies this time. Let's get it. D don't know this song yet. This shit been going crazy over the internet. And it goes. Let's go. Nigga free, that mean I ain't gotta worry about no fuck nigga chick And I'm S-I-N-G-L-E again Y'all by hanging out the window with my ratchet ass friend F-R-E-E, fuck nigga free, that mean I ain't gotta worry about no fuck nigga chick And I'm S-I-N-G-L-E again Y'all by hanging out the window with my ratchet ass friend Let's go! You know that shit remind me? if you bought what I do, if you bought what I It's a ratchet woman summer. Oh yeah, it's a fact. We know y'all killing it this summer. The women are gonna kill the summer again. Facts. That's a motherfucking fact. Let's go. Real ass bitch, give a fuck about a nigga. Huh? Big Birkin bag, hold five, six figures. Yes. Stripes on my ass, so he call his pussy tigger. Fucking on a scamming ass, rich ass nigga. What? Same group of bitches, ain't no ass to the picture. Drop a couple racks, watch his ass get bigger. Drinking on licking, I'm looking at your nigga. Yes. If it's funny, why eat? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bowties. It's the Kid XAB. She man just sing with God. Yeah, bro. So I had to give them a little mini mix. They saying that they love the mini mix for your birthday. So, you know, every now and then we give them a little something, something. We ain't going to do it every time. But uh, right, right, right. how's your how's your your old man moment? You got one for this week? Yeah, man. Um, Yesterday I saw uh, when I was getting off of work, um, I saw uh, um, I saw a girl getting beat up. 
Oh shit. Um and she was screaming for help. This was on Sudfin in Jamaica. And like jump type shit? Nah. She was getting roughed up by a dude at first. He was throwing her on like the gate of a built the gate of a store that was closed. And then he just started punching her. And I just stopped that in my train and just punched her. Punched her in the belly, punched her in the face, um, punched in the leg. And everybody started to stop. Nobody pulled out their cell phones, but people just started to stop. And one person yelled out, yo, he's fighting her. He's fighting her. And I had a Denzel moment, like how he had in Book of Eli. I had just got off work, long day. And I was like, again, guys, this happened last night. No exaggeration. I was like, do I go over there and assist or do I keep walking? And I kept walking, and then I saw a cop, and then I said to the cop, um, you should know right now that there's a young woman that's um, being assaulted in in the most extreme way in terms of getting, you know, she's getting hit with fists. And he was like, I can't leave my post. You know, when you see stuff like that, you got to call it in. I was like, I hear what you're saying, but I'm telling you right now, this is happening in real time. He was like, sorry, man, uh, there's nothing I could do. And I was like, I hope that girl don't die tonight. And he said, you have a great night. That's my arm, man. Uh, normally in the past, when shit like that has happened, I've talked about it on a podcast. I've definitely jumped in, definitely got hurt, definitely got hit. Um, Something just told me, just walk away, dude. Don't, don't engage. And... Yeah, she was getting fucked up because she she was yelling. And yeah, it was bad. Sounds terrible. Um, I mean shit. There's a lot of unsettling news that we gotta talk about today. So um Yes, sir. Ah, yeah, that's that's tough to hear. Um and I guess we got to put a trigger warning there for anybody who's listening. Um, go after the fact, but definitely unsettling. I mean, we spoke about black men doing better last podcast, so it was definitely a black man fucking her up too. I didn't even give it. It was a black man fucking her up. Yeah, I just made the assumption, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. He he was wilding. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't really know what to to say regarding men. Women, yeah. The world, state of the world is crazy right now. Yeah, that it's it's really in a space where I don't even want to deal with nobody, man. I just want to be in the crib, <laughs> not nah, dead ass. Yeah, like, yeah, if you could work from home, yo, work from home. God bless y'all. Yeah, because everybody is suffering from something right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like why be around people when you could just be with yourself. And I don't want to give him a a pass, a pass of mental health or whatever. But it's hot and them throwing that down. I'll yeah, throw it though. Everybody is suffering at this moment in time, and I don't know what is going to happen. He wrote a manifesto, man. Yeah, well, we get into that. We get into that. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna say it like this: my on man moment for the week is mm-hmm. I've come to a couple of realizations. Um, there's been a lot of instances where I have fell into the role of therapist. 
mm. for many, many people. Mm. And I have no problem. I have no issue with that overall. Um, but I feel like I've been hitting towards this for a minute. Um, and some of y'all not hearing me. And I had to come to the realization that like, When you're the therapist for everybody, who's the therapist for you? Mm -mm -mm. And I'm not, and I get it. Like, I have a a bunch of wonderful black women in my life who said, yo, you, if you, like, feel like you have nobody in your life that you can talk to, you should see a therapist. And I'm not opposed to seeing a therapist. That's not um, my issue at all. But what it brings me to is the idea of still feeling blessed and there being so many people that are in worse positions than I can ever dream of. And me saying to myself, like, is it really that bad or is it really worth that? As well as, you know, the answers to the, your own questions. Um, and so, you know, at times I just feel like, I have, I take on, I don't have to, but I take on the burden of so many people. Right. And it's like, without even, it's not a second thought. And I think people just feel comfortable being able to just drop their shit, like, on my lap. Like, because they just do it without even a question or thought or whatever. It just, just starts happening. Shit, and I, advice. Wish, I wish hell was that easy. Damn, <laughs> just right on your lap like that? Damn. This nigga, son. Damn. But, um, yeah, I, I think that realization is my all-man moment for the week, so... Well, I'm really glad you got to that fucking realization, you know. A round of applause for your ass, because shit. <laughs> Shout out to this nigga XAV. Okay? Shit. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do about the realization, uh, but the realization okay. is right. there. Right. He fucked it up. All right. <laughs> Next topic, sir. Fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not even going to hold y'all. Y'all know exactly where the fuck we going with this episode, how we starting it off. And if you don't, then you haven't been listening. So we going to do it like this. It's a real musical episode. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's go. I pop the pain away. I slide the pain away. I pop the pain away. Uh-huh. I slide the pain away. Get him, Kendrick. This nigga told you he the boogeyman. Y'all ain't listen. Kendrick wanted y'all to know this. Kendrick made you think about it, but he is not your savior. No, sir. Cole made you feel empowered, but he is not your savior. No, sir. Future said get a money counter, 
Now Drake's name was supposed to be there. He ain't say his name on purpose. Brian made you give his flowers, but he is not your savior. No, sir. Not your savior. Mr. Morrell, give me high five. Two times in the code of finish, judging my life. Backpedaler, what they say you do to cha cha. I'ma stand on it, six five. Oh my I'm god. Fast, like, Talk about fact. the nation. I ain't taking shit back. Like oh, you when the pro black. I'm gonna fuck him up. Tell me oh. where the money at. I got your beat, my nigga. You know I got your beat, my I can remember it's only that. Let's I go. DC. Wait a minute. Ben Aki. Ben Aki. Say la vie. That's one of our more powerful blacks. Yes. Show me you real. Show me that you bleed. Let's make it through cracker all over this record. Even blacked out screens and called it solidarity. Meditating in silence makes you want to tell me. Yes. Are you happy for me? Baby Keem is up next, y'all. I'm letting y'all know that. But are you happy for me? Yeah, I'm up the way. Are you happy for me? This course is wild. Are you happy for me? Millie, are you happy for me? But are you happy for me? Yeah, I'm up the way. Are you happy for me? This the one right here. Ladies and gentlemen, this the one right here. I don't know what the fuck y'all listening to, but if you're not listening to that new Kendrick, you fucking up in life. Damn. Let's go. I'm sensitive. I feel everything. I feel everybody. One man. You gotta turn this up. No two words. Heal everybody. Transformation, then reciprocation. Karma must return. Heal myself. Secrets Price that I hide. Buried in these words. Death threats. Ego must Yesterday, die. But Christ I let it purge. Pacify. Broken Christ. pieces of me. It was all a blur. Uh -huh. Mother cried. Put their hands on her. It was family ties. I heard it all. I should have grabbed a gun. But I was only five. God I still damn. feel it. Weighing on my heart. My first tough decision. In the shadows. Clinging to my soul. As my only critic where's my faith told you i was christian but just not today i transformed praying to the trees god is taking shape my mother's mother followed me for years in her afterlife staring at me on back of some buses i wake up at night loved her daily traded in my tears for a range transformation you ain't felt grief We starting with this Kendrick album, bro. How how you feeling about it? The majority of the record, I definitely did listen to. I feel like I did listen to the whole thing, but I was on a train heading to work. What I will say is that I got through some of the uh, some of the most gut wrenching uh, music on the album. One of my favorite songs is Auntie Diaries. Yo, that that record is really fucking insane, man. That record is insane. Like, from start to finish, then as he gets deep into the he talks about his cousin. I'm like, then he mentions the white girl that we all gave him flex. Listen, Yo. I don't know, man. I feel like Kendrick honestly tapped into a different level of artistry. One thing I will always respect about Kendrick is that, and it don't matter what y'all say, when it comes to an artist like that, he should inspire you to not only push your pen, push your creativity, also push your originality. Kendrick is so original. It's like, this guy's not trying to be nobody but himself. He's not a carbon copy. This motherfucker's the original. 
And this shit don't sound like nothing else. Nah, it's it doesn't even sound like none of his old shit. So it's like, and what what I noticed with Kendrick is that he did he took a back seat from a lot of his fast rapping, and he just wanted you to hear his words. And he also and he also on a lot of records, we actually heard Kendrick, mm. like Kendrick Lamar. Not a caricature. Not a caricature. Not. A, 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 a character that he made and he put a voice to it and he's going back and forth on a record. You know what I mean? Not not the Poetic Justice Kendrick. You know what I mean? Not the How Many Drinks remix Kendrick. Not the, you know, Mask or Future remix. We, we actually heard Kenny. Minus the Kung Fu. Like, we mm-hmm. heard Kendrick, who grew up in Compton. Hard Life. We actually heard the good kid, and we really heard how mad his mind was in the city. Talk about so, it. So, yo, Kendrick Lamar, we appreciate you, man. Nah, you got to get your flowers, bro. You have to, man. Hip-hop since 1973, man. We love you. God damn. Yeah. Shit like that. <laughs> man, I didn't know as, as... If you're a Kendrick Lamar... I won't even say fan, but if you're familiar with Kendrick Lamar, you know to never expect or think to know what you're going to get from him. Amen. And I went into this project with that same mindset in terms of I know what the fuck we was going to get. But I felt like because the five years had went by so fast, we were going to get some shit. However, I didn't know it was going to be this. (laughs) I didn't know it was going to be this, honestly. Like, I've always said, my favorite project from Kendrick is Good Kid, Mad City. To Pimp a Butterfly was cool. Um, Damn was cool. But Good Kid, Mad City, to me, was the one. This one might might take its place. Mm. This one might take its place. What's making you say that, though? Like, what what really, because it's a whole body of work, and... He's so fucking creative. The motherfucker did nine songs twice and was like, nah, I don't have 18 records. I got nine songs on an album. I got another nine songs that happen to be on the same. Well, the the whole. So one thing about Kendrick that you can rely on is that each one of them is going to be a conceptual piece of work. Yeah. And with this one, the common theme throughout the album was we are tap dancing around the conversation. Yeah. We're not having the conversations that. Nope. We need to have, we keep avoiding them. We keep saying we're scared of cancel culture. We keep saying, nah, maybe we'll leave that for another group of people to talk about and yeah. we will we'll step away. Right. This project was, I'm not going to tap dance around any of the conversations. Yes, I cheated on my wife. Yes, it was because I had a sex addic- addiction. Yes, I'm going to put Kodak, who's problematic, all over my motherfucking Mr. Morale in the Big Steppers because he is the epitome of a Mr. Morale and Big Stepper complex. Yes, I'm going to talk about my family life. I'm going to be the first large artist, heterosexual artist, to talk about the complex nature of hip-hop, transgender people, and homophobia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Homophobia was discussed loud on the album. Like, I'm not going to tap dance around these conversations like these other niggas. I'm actually going to talk about it. And I'm not going to make fun of it either. I'm going to just talk. No, I'm not going to be the nigga that... I mean, Kendrick has always been a thought-provoking yeah, yeah, very, person. Very, so very conscious. I never thought he would, he would 
you know, go the route of poking fun or being a dismissive of that culture. And he did it justice is what I thought for for people, for someone who is a heterosexual man who had to or is trying to bring that to the masses and bring light to the fact that there are some problematic things with heterosexuals and how they look at homosexuality and being able to be the voice of that and do it in a way that was respectful. I just thought it was, I just thought the whole project was ingenious. Like there was no misstep for me. I like the production. I like the lyrics. I like the delivery. Like I've always been a, a Kendrick fan, but my fandom went to another level. It's, it's, it's definitely on par with Drake now. Let's, Let's have a podcast. Let's talk about when it. When was the first time that you felt like your homophobia, if you ever had a homophobia, was confronted? And you was like, damn, I got to check myself. I've actually never had a homophobia. Wow. Ever since I was a young kid. Um, now, that's not to say that maybe I've, I haven't said something. Okay. Or uh, thought something that wasn't in line with what was is or is considered politically correct. Right. But I've never had a, a phobia and I would always confront family members who did right. because I definitely had family members who no matter what they had that that disdain for mm-hmm. uh homosexuals within them. And oh, they wow. would say certain things and it would piss me off. And I'd always be like, Yeah, but they're human people. So how can you feel that way? Or how can you just automatically have this hatred towards right. or, or maybe not hatred in their heart or their, their mind they didn't see it as hatred, but how could you have this disdain? Like if this person gets cut, they bleed. If, if they get hurt, like they feel it. So I never really had that mentality, but that's not to say that I haven't played the pause game. You know right. what I mean? Everybody's played the pause game. That's not right. to say, um, you haven't dropped the f bomb. Nah, I haven't. I don't do that. Oh, okay. I, I've I I've grew up in a culture where I, I tried to be as inclusive as possible. Okay. So I was it was it was brought to me very early on. You know what was what were things to say and what were things not to say. Right. Um. In terms of respect. Okay. Um. But I mean, again, there's probably been missteps in in what I've said as a. As a really, really, really young child, I mean, a lot middle of us, school. I mean, a lot of us. Let's keep it on. A lot of us have 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 said shit like, "Yo, that's mad gay," right? And didn't even know the the uh, the the detri- damage behind the, that. Yeah, the detrimental meaning behind even just saying that on some like, "Yo, that's mad." Your poor is like, bro, what are you doing? We're not uh-huh. looking at the wording behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like what are you saying yeah. when you say that's mad gay? What do you mean by that? Or what are you saying when you say, "Yo, niggas, you acting mad sweet." What do you like, mean by that? Yeah, it's, it's not a positive thing. Nope. Not an affirmation. Right. Like, yo, yo, my nigga, yo, you acting mad funny, bro. Like, yo, you a little fun. You a little funny. The wording, yeah. We gotta, you know, we got we gotta clean it up. Uh I'm, my mind was I was challenged when I was in the city one time with a singer that, you know, I used to date. And I got a phone call from one of my friends. I feel like at this time too, I was like, very high, like, on my political shit. <laughs> I was very, like, mm. in that, you know, those who know Young Distinguished, I was heavy on that shit. Like, the pro-black, you know what I mean? Fuck the police. I mean, in a lot of instances, it's still fuck 12. But what I'm saying is, 
I got a phone call. I remember I remember where I was too. I was in the city. We was by 42nd Street. We was by the Red Steps. And I got a phone call from one of my good friends. And he was like, you know, I've been meaning to tell you this for a long time. I didn't know how you would take it because, I, you know, I, I know your stance on a lot of stuff, but I'm coming out to you as bisexual. Mm. And I was like, and, and this is one of my good friends, all right? One of my close friends. I'm going to say that. And I was like, wow. Um, okay. He was like, yeah, I, I just felt like I needed to tell you. And I was like, wow. And then it made me think, like, damn, the friends that are either internally dealing with not so much the acceptance on their end, like they've come to terms with that telling their friend now of like, this is who I am. Right. That's some deep, yo, that's some deep shit. But like you said, like the idea that somebody even has to imagine you have to go and tell somebody I'm straight. Right. That's a point. And be, and be taken. Nobody take that shit. And be worried about what the response would be. We don't live in a society like that where it's like you tell somebody you straight away, nigga, what the fuck? Okay, nigga, like. Clip dropping. But. Yeah, I asked for it. <laughs> when we talk about like people being of different sexualities. Right. There's literally a thought process that they have to go through. The problem is, is because niggas do not agree with it. And it's like, it's like if niggas don't agree with shit, that mean that it's fact. How is it fact if. Niggas don't agree with it. How the fuck is that a fact? And uh, then we throw religion into it, which is like the worst fucking thing. You right, because then you callous, the, right. you callous the idea of whatever it is. You encapsulate it, and then you, you guard it because nobody wants to challenge your religion. Right, you start hitting it with fucking scripture. You start hitting it with certain shit that like, oh, but remember what happened in the Old Testament, and, you know, remember what God did to this group of people. And it's like, yo, first of all, with all respect, those ain't those times no more. We mm. actually not in those biblical days. Mm. Certain shit um, that that's happening could be perceived or taken as like a plague or an abomination, uh, depending on how you look at certain shit. But where we at now in 2022, the way that the world is functioning and the way that we are moving, we're moving in a much more transparent, progressive atmosphere where people are i want to say a bit more understanding and a bit more accepting of other people's choice because at the end of the day you got to realize people are just living their life the way you're living yours and people are also living their life with the intention of living their life without feeling like they have to choose when and when not to be freedom and they have the right to do that right that that's the most important piece yeah the most important piece is Having the right to do that, like being able to do that and not have to worry about getting harmed, killed, and persecuted. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the big thing about the album also was the Kodak controversy. A lot of Kodak controversy. Kodak is just a controversial figure in general, especially in today's hip hop where we're so where we're so aware and we're so more, uh, we're a bit more considerate and considering of people's feelings. Mm. Like I said earlier, we're in a very transparent place, especially when it comes to music. So 
It's not about what you say on wax. It's what you say in general. Mm. And Kodak has said a lot of hurtful things about black women in particular, try to pit dark skin against light skin. Like that whole, you know, Willie Lynch syndrome situation that I don't even think he's fully aware of what he's done and the damage that he's caused to black women across America. And, you know, uh, he also uh, uh, pleaded pleaded guilty to assaulting, I think, uh, a woman who was underage. Really? Oh, yeah. Which is what a lot of people a lot of people are saying, you know, you're you're doing records with him, but you didn't do a record with little nas x i don't see the correlation i i i i i kind of see what they're trying to say i get the message but the correlation doesn't fit it's not like kendrick said he won't do a record and and who nigga we don't even know if they got a record in the in the stash in the top y'all gotta y'all gotta check because y'all because now imagine they they had a record in the stash and now kendrick is like oh word and now kendrick never put it out but also they're in two completely different lanes oh facts yeah how y'all y'all niggas comparing kodak to fucking little nas x yeah like i think it's well not well even kendrick though kendrick kendrick sound is not y'all niggas is disrespectful like the marriaging of those two sounds is not an easy thing sonically right so they would just be doing a record to just say they did a record they would just be doing a record to do a record that's like you know people that just that's like that's like hove and eminem did renegade they're never gonna do another record renegade lived in a time capsule by itself and Renegade was like Ho's record, but Eminem body that nigga. So what I'm saying is this. You guys is reaching, and I got to stop reaching. And I'll say this, because we're going to have a real conversation, because that's what we're doing. Dad has a bow ties, apparently. All right, apparently. <laughs> Y'all tell us that we are supposed to redeem black men. As black men, right, we got to check the next black man for doing some fuck shit. Right, we got a Nike niggas. Right. But then when we go and check another black man and maybe decide that we want to put him on the right path. Right. That's also not good enough. Right. Now it's like I've seen the headlines and it's Kodak doesn't deserve redemption from Kendrick Lamar. So who does? That's my question. So 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 people. Who have opinions? Because clearly, y'all got lots of it. So who does? Who does he deserve redemption from? And because he's not gonna get it from you. And and if <laughs> if he doesn't deserve redemption, then what does that mean for Kodak? Do we just allow him to continue to sink into the nefarious ways that he already has, or do we grab him before he falls too deep and pull him out of it? And uh. Peanut Gallery. Who else but Kendrick Lamar? Right. Who else but Kendrick right now? Hip-hop. The epitome of Mr. Morale in hip-hop. And, you know, not to take it to this level, but the nigga that could have said something to him is J. Cole. And I feel like J. Cole spoke briefly or maybe indirectly about possibly talking to niggas like that. J. Cole did his part, actually. J. Cole tried to fucking talk talk some sense into who was it, Lil Pump or... uh, uh, tri- triple red, because he had one of the niggas on, on on one of his projects. Um, I mean, he's he, he done, tried, yeah, so in, yeah, he back tried, in KOD, yeah, era. KOD, yeah, he he tried to talk to these niggas. He he talked to these niggas. He didn't have them on the record. He spoke directly to yeah, him, directly to him. Y'all niggas yeah. not listening though. Yeah. The OGs and the niggas that's older than y'all, even if you don't respect them as an OG, the dudes that's older that put more time in the game, that's been in the game, that's been where you at right now, or you think that they've been where you at right now, because. Some of y'all are really just 
dope, you know, in, in the words of Drake. Some of y'all are fly-by-night guys. Like, y'all make a, a record in, like, the 2, 3 a.m. It bubbles up, you know, it's playing for a few months. And, nigga, we don't hear about y'all for another fucking two years. You know, a lot of y'all like that. And then some of y'all, y'all stay with rappers that are, you know, consistent with making hits and doing shit like that. And then some of y'all really sure just got that one hot or two songs for, like, a calm summer, and then that's it. So y'all relevancy is really based on the OGs who got, you know, some stake in the game. So put some respect on what's happening with your name being mentioned because your name is only being mentioned for negative shit, not positive shit. Think about that. This is not to excuse any of Kodak's behavior. I'm not even a Kodak fan, to be honest. Me neither, if I'm being honest, too. Like, I'm, I don't... I, it's not like I go on my phone like, oh, I'm about to listen to Kodak. Today. Yeah, like he do got some slaps. I'm not going to say nothing. Kodak's um, not even in my, my phone, actually. I have no Kodak record. Oh, yeah, nah. He got some slaps. Oh, okay. I, I would say that he has some slaps, but I'm not a fan of his. I don't like his personality that much. Um, I, You know, he's been saying some weird things for me. That I can't necessarily rock with. I still don't understand him like that, if I'm being honest. You know, the latest was the whole situation with his mom. Um, Yo, it was a little weird. I mean, I but, talked about it on forum. Y'all go check that out. But we we also know, right, that he probably has some demons. Oh, yeah. He that talked, he's battling. He talked about it on Kendrick's album. And so if I come across a young person that I know is battling something. Right. And I'm Kendrick Lamar. And they're making all the wrong decisions. Forget about it being Kendrick. Me, personally. Okay. They're making all the wrong decisions. Are y'all saying I'm supposed to just let them continue to, to live that life, making the wrong decisions? Yes, I might be disgusted by some of their actions. But if they're coming to me and saying, I respect you and I look up to you, am I not to put them in position where I can change their life? Mr. Morale and the Big Stepper. The problem is, again, the people that have opinions only have opinions. These motherfuckers that are listening, y'all have no solutions. Mm. Y'all have no solutions. Yo, y'all have no solutions. Y'all have no coaching uh, mechanisms in place. Y'all act like nobody ever had to coach y'all. And you act like really and truly that you actually are either one in a position to help or two, you are going to put yourself in a position to help. But all you got is big talk. And that's the problem. All you got is big talk. And some people are waiting for the change to happen. And then some people will come to change. What side of the change are you on? Because mm-hmm. I feel like for what we're doing, we're doing our part in spreading awareness, giving feedback, and shit. We a lot of y'all big brothers on the low. You, y- y- y'all won't say it, though. So the question I have is, who is more impactful to the culture now? Is it Drake or Kendrick? Um, right this second in hip-hop, definitely Kendrick. I concur. I think Drake is more impactful to hip-hop music in terms of broadening the sound and making it more palatable, if you will, with other uh, cultures. He's played everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody loves Drake. Everybody loves Drake. When we talk about 
hip hop, the culture of rap. Right. Boom back. <laughs> impacting it and shifting it. Kendrick is on another level with that. Like yeah. Drake will never be what Kendrick is to hip hop. Nah, nah. And we got to come to that realization. It, we there. We could talk about the the three horsemen, Kendrick, yeah. Drake, and Cole. Yeah. We can. But when we talk about impact to hip hop, oh, yeah, Drake Kendrick. Drake hasn't done that since Take Care. Oh shit. <laughs> we want to keep it real. Drake has not impacted the culture of hip hop since Take Care. Well, I did say last we Drake, it's time we might need another take care too. We might need take care again. Yeah. I need another Absolutely. One. He needs to step his shit up. Cause if, we if, need a TC too. If Kendrick is gonna keep dropping shit like this, Drake, you you're gonna become irrelevant. Yeah. You, you can't drop a certified lover boy versus this shit here. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, so the albums, if we're talking about the albums, they're two different vibrations. Wait, yeah, they're two different ways. And then if you and if you put them together and say which one impacted hip hop more, yes, Kendrick, yeah, certified lover boy, not even in the conversation, yeah, because then you gotta you gotta bring Sean and you gotta bring Cole now to Kanye. you gotta bring Yay. Oh yeah, oh yeah, can't forget about Donda too. <laughs> Donda, Donda, and Donda too are way more impactful than yeah, Donda than was certified. Super, Donda was super impactful actually. Donda and Certified came out around the same time, and everybody had the conversation of which was the better album. A lot of people fell on the side of Kanye. Yeah, it's one of our, it's one of our more educated blacks. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like a lot of people fell on the side of Kanye. They felt like it was more innovative, and Drake was just dropping mid Drake projects. Right. And so again, if you're gonna talk about impact. To hip hop, which I think is a main stake in being on top. I think people who listen to hip hop, a lot of people, they love the misogyny. Mm. They love the fuck you, bitch. Most of us, actually, probably more than most of us, we love to hear a record about a nigga getting money. Mm. And somebody fucking somebody. Mm. Um, what Kendrick's album is showing you is indirectly, without being gimmicky, without being outwardly funny, he's making fun and he's touching on topics that we take and we make funny or we think is funny when it's actually degrading a community, being disrespectful, being belittling, and at the same time not fully confronting some of our fears because a lot of people that probably listen to the record deep down inside probably had to confront some of their demons as they listen to the record maybe some of the songs they couldn't even get through hmm. there's probably a lot of auntie diaries that people are now discussing finally maybe we cry together oh, that people yo, we cry together have been through is insane um you know and you know for me personally, I'm a poet, and I just love how he was able to see the vision in his mind, conceptualize it, put it on paper, or you know, put it how it, and then put it on wax, and gave it to us, and was like, "These are all of my frustrations, all of my emotions, even the fuck up shit that I did. Here it is. I'm being vulnerable. I'm being 
um, as creative as I can without diminishing or belittling the truth. I just want to give it to you, Raw. And at the same time, I'm going to be respective and conscious in a way that I'm going to help tell a story for somebody else to help tell their story. And I thought that was, you know, beautiful. You know, I think, you know, it took this long because Kendrick also had some growing up to do. And Kendrick finally got to this point where, you know, he wanted to show us. He wanted to show us the real him. And I feel like this, you know, don't kill me. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is what Jay-Z did when he gave us 444. These 100%. men have now stepped into... In a, a different yeah, lane. Yeah, yeah. Tra- a, a tra- like, after this album now, Kendrick can only go up. He he can't go back. Like, honestly. the record Kendrick is, don't need to give us another record, and he's already solidified. Oh, yeah, as, well, that, well, that's true. Like, yeah. that's what he solidified Kendrick with it. It was already kind of solidified, Yeah, but it's like, we don't even deserve another... Just like sometimes it's like we don't deserve another Jay-Z record. Yeah. yeah. It is a privilege at this point to get a Jay-Z record. Shit. To get we a don't, Jay-Z anything. Or interview anything. Yeah, we don't <laughs> deserve another Kendrick project. We don't. Yeah. We don't. Like, and if we don't take care of this one. Oh, yeah. We got to cherish this one. Yeah. Like, for real, for real. Um, Another situation that I think is teaching us to cherish our moments We've been saying it, but I think it's official. The streets is done. <laughs> yo, the way yo, yo, the way you be saying that shit, bro. <laughs> streets is done. Like I said the streets is done. Young Thug and Gunner have been caught up in a Rico case. Yo, they have been locked up and denied bail. And there's a lot. There's a lot, there's a lot of, of conversation. Yeah. There's a lot of conversation that can be had here. There's a lot at stake. Um, because there's three ways I think people are looking at it, um, in three days, three ways that we can look at it. So right. the first is, hip hop is definitely under attack. If oh y'all yeah, didn't, oh, yeah. if y'all didn't know that, we got we'll talk a little bit more about Casanova, hip-hop. who's facing sixty. Yo, sixty five to years. sixty, five to sixty. He's facing. <laughs> um, fuck. But they not playing with y'all niggas. Nope. Examples. They not playing with y'all niggas. If y'all don't know that. Hip-hop has gone a little too left with the street shit, with the drill, where niggas is saying the names of who they killing, and it's, it's fun to kill niggas in records. Going they to niggas' coming for y'all. sites. They are coming for y'all niggas. There's a fucking video going around where the niggas listening to a Bobby Schmurder record, and Bobby, a Bobby Schmurder freestyle, and Bobby Schmurder basically says in a freestyle, he just called a nigga... Like, similar to, you know, the, the record that blew him up. And right. the nigga goes, all right, got him. I'm just like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, if that's not as real as it gets, nigga, that's as real as it fucking gets. Y'all niggas stay be telling on each other. Y'all tell on your fucking selves, man. Y'all niggas, y'all niggas literally have been abusing this shit right here, the fucking microphone. Y'all been abusing that gift, that power. So some of y'all probably do deserve to go to fucking jail. I'm, I'm just being honest. So Hip-hop yeah. is under attack, so y'all need yeah. to smarten up. However y'all moving, what y'all saying in y'all records, gone are the days of telling your crimes in records and it not being used in court. And that's a debatable subject. A lot of people have issues one way or the other with that. I'm on the side of freedom of speech. Yeah, Jay-Z and Meek Mill is behind that whole uh, 
reform right now. They're trying to make sure niggas don't go to jail or for, or for shit they said in lyrics. Shit, that's why the fucking Meek Mill documentary came out in the first place. Free Meek. Yeah, and on one hand of it, I could definitely understand it in terms of like people say shit in songs and it has nothing to do with nothing. It has nothing to do. Yeah, it's just some. It's a feeling. Yeah, it's a it's feeling, like flash shit to say. Right. The, the, the moment, the, the slang of the moment. Right. How right? it's said might end up, you know, a whole fucking. That one line is a nigga soundtrack to his life. So now. You take that lyric, literal, or you take that record, and you apply it to something, and you can make it sound like something else, yeah. or you can make it sound like something that can prove your case. That shit is it gets oh, yeah. a little tricky. It gets murky there because if you know, imagine a nigga going to jail for his own lyrics, nigga, I would never rap again. Imagine a nigga writing a fictional novel and it being used. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come on. If we really want to talk about it. I mean, that's what, yo, that, that's what these motherfuckers do in court, man. So the second way you can look at it is, and I think this way is not being spoken about enough because when famous people are involved with shit, it automatically gets more sympathy and empathy than what is actually being spoken about. Right. And the reality of what's being spoken about is people's families being killed, people in, in their family being killed. Uh-huh. Uh, people being robbed, people being beat up, gang activity. And so the, the second way to look at it is justice for the families. Like this may be a form of justice for families that have been impacted by real crimes. We look at everything that is in the entertainment world as entertainment, but this is real shit for somebody. Yeah. Um, this is like, this is like black crime, black on black crime being displayed in a way where it's almost happening in real time because most of these things that we're even talking about has to deal with black on black crime and not necessarily black on black crime with people dying, black on black crime where we're stealing from each other, black on black crime mm. where we're kidnapping from each other, black on black crime where we're doing something aggressively that we know was going to hurt the next person that so happens to be a person of color. And for law enforcement to be as deep as they are in this shit and for the music to almost fly over our heads in terms of we're not really listening to what the fuck is being said because we think it's so fly, it's so gutter, it's so gangster. Nigga, that shit is so detrimental. Mm. It is literally like we are literally saying lyrics that are constantly keeping us from not elevating. We're 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 we're, we're chant. It's a chant. The choruses are chants. I caught a body by the week, nigga. That's a chant, nigga. That's real. And it's like the more we emphasize that, the more we you know uh, popularize that when we go to the club, the more we on some gang, 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 like, yo, all of that is some chance shit. And, and we like, normalize it. And we've normalized it. Shit. I'm not going to lie. The other day I was in a fucking club with my home girl, but not fucking Meek Mill record. Y'all know the Meek Mill record I'm talking about when that shit came on. Niggas was singing those lyrics. Like it was our real life. And then when the beat changed, hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought we all felt like it felt like a fucking seance in that bitch. Yeah, you get the energy come through you and the wrong nigga say the wrong thing at that moment. You might punch him in the face. Exactly. You know, right after that record come on, niggas throwing like a boss. Of course. You know? Back to back. Right, boom, meet me in the bathroom. I'm like, yo, 
all of this shit, honestly, like, like all of us have played a part. So, Scared money don't make yeah, no money. If, if it go, go broke, I'ma take yo, your money. That's, yo, that's some shit. And oh, man. we've all added to it. So it's unfortunate that on one end, these brothers is facing some some real serious charge. That Rico shit is not a game. Nah. We'll be doing time if you've been found that you've committed that crime. You're going to jail. And if y'all don't know how the Rico situation is set up, it came around when the mob bosses were getting away with doing a lot of All shit. All type of shit. And the cops weren't able to get to the top of the food chain. They were nope. never able to capture the mob bosses doing the crimes because the mob bosses were sending out the grunts to go and do it. Yeah, so sophisticated. And yeah. so they decided to come up with a RICO charge, which basically says that you could get charged for the shit that someone else did if... There is proof that you somehow is with that nigga with them and you somehow uh, were involved in putting that together. So if I sit with somebody and I say, yo, you know what I mean? You go take that nigga out and he goes and he takes that nigga out and he gets caught. I also can get locked up um, within it as a criminal organization. So even if I didn't do it, if I sent the hit. Yeah. Nigga, we all going down. Yeah. Yeah. So. The third way and the final way to look at this is these niggas, and we said it a little bit earlier, but they they trying to send y'all a signal. They they're cleaning up these streets. Yeah. Um, and all of the gangs that have been, I won't say flourishing, but we know the streets have been wild since COVID. Oh yeah, yeah. They letting y'all know that shit is over. Yeah, and, and gang culture, if we're being honest, has always been glorified, has always been uh, glamorized, has always been pushed as something that is cool. You know what I mean? Like Crip, you know, California Revolution in Progress, you know, we all know who started that. You know what I mean? We all know where it's coming from. You know what I mean? We got people like Tookie, you know what I mean? R.I.P., the GOAT, um, in terms of you know what he did after he reformed or he went to prison, you know wrote uh, you know wrote, wrote a few uh, children books, and you know changed his life. But what was happening was, you know, what I mean, these people that were in these gangs initially were supposed to be protecting the streets, protecting the neighborhoods, you know. And at 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 some point, you know, um, it just got violent, just got real volatile, just got real hostile. And I don't know if we're ever going to get back to that place where, you know, gangs really do what they were formed to do in the first place. Um, however, what I will say is if we don't see what's happening right now in terms of that gang life, that gang culture, that rape culture, that bang culture where you just, you know, violating, killing niggas, killing their kids or, you know, raping their baby moms or whatever the fuck people do uh, these days in gangs. Um, nigga, the biggest gang is the cops. Y'all gotta know that. You know what I mean, when that show used to come on, cops, what was the fucking song? Bad, bad boys, boys, bad, bad boys. boys, nigga. Those is the real bad boys. You know what I mean? Not Diddy. You know what I mean? Not Bad Boy Records. You know what I mean? Nigga, the bad boys is the fucking the the Alphabet Boys, which is the IRS. That's number one. You know what I mean? CIA, FBI. You know, ATF. Know what I mean? Secret Service. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those Facts. motherfuckers. And of course, hip hop police. Yo, these people are not playing. And if y'all notice, 
when Rico shit start happening, like when they start doing those investigating, nigga, they, nigga, they, they, it's a lot of niggas that getting round up. Not one, two, three. Nigga, it's hundreds of niggas getting rounded up, boy. And they already got you at that point. Right. At that point, nigga, at that point, don't even ask yourself who telling from who not. Nigga, everybody telling. Fuck you talking about, nigga. It's a matter of time before the nigga who you think didn't tell them told the whole fucking story from the front to the beginning. And they already, most of the time, I mean, this is not a federal RICO. This is a state RICO. Okay. So this is a little bit different okay, in so terms of resources. Right. But nine times out of ten, they, they got you. And academics is reporting that they got Young Thug um, on wiretap um, putting oh. out a hit. So... Yo, I don't know how true that information I is. I pray that's, to God that's not true. That's secondhand information, but I mean, academics is typically pretty on point. Um, yeah, I don't know where he began his sources from, but that nigga don't even be giving up his sources like that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, all I will say is that uh, twofold: prayers up for the brothers and prayers up for the families lost in the process. We shouldn't. Even, we shouldn't even. You know, whether it's true or not, we shouldn't even have the thought of putting out a hit on anyone that looks like us. You need, We need to be putting that energy into building our fucking communities. Our community has been taking a hit because we've been putting out hits. Now, how about that? Now, y'all know the good brother and I uh, love a good gender war topic to yeah. uh, break down and unpack. And it is definitely going to get a little heavy on this episode. Um, and it's been a little heavy for the last couple of weeks. So we're going to break it up this time with a little fun shit. In between, and me, I got mad gas in my stomach too. I I don't need to, (laughs) nigga. This room is not that big. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) there is a meme going around, um, of a tweet, and basically it says this. This is from a woman, or y'all kill, kill it thinking it's from a man. A lot of women think they deserve a certain type of man. But in reality, they deserve what they've been getting. They just are in denial. Oh, shit. So then someone responded. So according to you, if a woman is in an abusive relationship, she deserves it. Do y'all not hear how harmful this is? Always that one. All right. And then somebody replied, she never said that if you were abused, you deserve it. Y'all letting either personal trauma or fake internet internet outrage twist her words. As always. If you truly don't get the concept of wanting a perfect partner while being a flawed person, then I don't know what exactly you're doing here. Oh, Um, shit. And then this person put, women like to live in denial and most never see what they are doing wrong. How can your eight ex-boyfriends all do the same thing to you? They don't even know each other. Can't you see you the constant in these relationships? Oh, that's enough from that, but the question that's blood. The question here is I don't think this necessarily only has to apply to women. Right. But do people deserve what they've been getting in relationships versus what they think they deserve? You could apply that to yourself. I have a two-pronged answer to this. Um to myself Right now, shit, I'm in a blessed position right now. I done did my fair shit, fuck shit. I done. So when you was doing fuck shit, do you think you deserved the partners you were getting while you were doing that? Nope. Mm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> were they better or worse than you? A lot. 
honestly, a lot of the girls that I've dated in my life, maybe like for the exception of like one or two, but the majority of the women, I'm going to say 85% of women in my life, they were great girls. There was mm. no issues. I had no reason to cheat on them, and I still cheated on them. I didn't deserve them. Um, we, you know, were great together in terms of, you know, when we went out, we was like a good look. You know what I mean? And then there was girls, unfortunately, that I knew I could just cheat on and never get caught. You know what I mean? Mm. Or no, I, I would never have that conversation. And then there was women that I was with that I didn't even want to cheat. And then I fuck around at some way, shape, or form feeling like, uh, because I want to fuck somebody else, I just break off the relationship. And then there was also women where I was with them and these women showed me, like, who I really could become if I just stopped the bullshit or if I just stopped playing around. And it was a beautiful thing to finally be in those spaces. And now I'm in a space where it's like, it's 50, 50. It's like, I could be good all I want. I could be honest, transparent. Mm. That don't mean that I'm going to get what I think I deserve. That now might mean, all right, nigga, the karma is coming back. Now, all of a sudden, you want to settle down. You think it's cool. Now, you about to deal with somebody that is about to fuck your whole world up by either one dipping, not even cheating on you, but, like, hurting you in a way where it's like, damn, everything was going good. Or two is they might feel like to themselves, nigga, I'm too good for you. Mm. So I'm just trying to be positive, stay prayed up. I'm in a very happy place right now. I really hope things work. I hope shit work out. That ass. I'm different. I've been delivered. <laughs> Not delivered. <laughs> um, I think it's too pronged for me. I think on one end, I don't think I deserved the shit that uh, partners in the past have put me through. Oh, or... nigga, I second that. I wasn't even dating you. <laughs> I second that, nigga. <laughs> um, that partners in the past have put me through. Partners... Um, in the past, I've done. Um, I don't think I deserved any of it. But if we get in deep, on the other hand, I think I did. Whoa, this shit get deep. And I say that to mean the lessons that I had to learn about myself would not have come about. And maybe some of those lessons, like honestly and truly, I didn't need to learn. Maybe I kind of knew them conceptually. But I think there's a difference between knowing something conceptually versus going through it and how much going through certain things broadens your empathy for people being in certain positions. Now I think that I'm a lot more understanding of why people let certain things go, mm. um, why people kind of stay in certain situations. And, and maybe I'm a little bit more open to resolving issues as opposed to just being like, dismissive or just uh cutting off mentally from a person when they do stuff that I don't like um so in one way I can see how growth was involved in the shit that I feel like I didn't deserve but um overall I definitely would say that I deserved way better listen the majority <laughs> listen the majority of the chicks that's that dated my man XAB. If y'all listen to this motherfucking podcast, y'all know some of y'all wasn't shit. You know what I mean? Some of y'all don't even fucking talk to. You know what I mean? Some of y'all don't give a fuck if I never talk to again. A lot of y'all know y'all had a good nigga and you fucked it up. 
And then I feel like in a lot of ways, he, because he has such a fucking good loving heart, he has such a good, sweet, kind-hearted nature. This nigga. He just really be wanting to see the good in a lot of y'all bitches. But a lot of y'all's just bitches, okay? Like, <laughs> we just go, we're just going to keep it 100. Like, not bitch in a way like you a bad bitch. Like, no, you was a you was a girl who just happened to be a bitch. Like, you did and said a lot of spiteful and hurtful things to a person who really and truly deep down inside cared about you. And when you realize that this person cared about you and loved you and wanted to actually, you know, make it work with you, that's when um, y'all wasn't on no fucking terms at all. So, you know, when you see this clip and you get offended, you know what I mean? Just blame me. I don't give a fuck. That's my friend, and, I, and I'm sticking to it. I mean, listen, it happens. I I won't necessarily use the same rhetoric, but I'll say... It was bitches. Uh, <laughs> Stop. I, what I'll say is, at least at the time... Um, where I've dated some people, they just weren't in a space where, not to say that I didn't have my own flaws. Like, I'm I'm never going to make it seem like I was perfect. But um, they just weren't in a space, I don't think, where they could acknowledge or accept or appreciate what I was willing to offer. And that 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 happens a lot. That happens where your partner or the person you're dealing with, you're dating, you're talking to, they're just not in a space to recognize what you're doing for them in a healthy way. Like they're looking at it in terms of whatever trauma or healing they still need to, to get past. They're looking at it from the, the realm of, oh, well, the last person I dealt with who was this nice actually had an alternative motive by being this nice, so I can't even trust it or whatever the case may be. So in many instances, I think I was a stepping stone for people finding themselves and if that's the case, then I'm cool with it to some extent. But at the same time, it's like I didn't have to be that person. But I but I posted something the other day, and nigga, you could attest to this. Nigga, we not phases. We full-blown experiences. Mm, that's a fact. Nigga, you are a full-blown experience. You don't come in a fucking uh, box and it's like, all right, cool. This is phase one. This is phase two. Nigga, you are a whole fucking movie. I know that just being your friend. So imagine a, a person that's actually trying to be your girlfriend. I already know the type of level of man and caliber you bring to a conversation, uh, what you bring to a home, what you bring to a friendship. So I can only imagine that in the aspect of you actually dating somebody. I'm so about to say some crazy shit. The, like, like these girls that, you know, dated you, you know, who thought they was ready for you. They was not ready for that. And we already, you know, and we already, you know, uh, discussed that. But the moral of the story is, yeah, a lot of them had no business doing what they did to you. I so think, fuck them. I think there's a two prong conversation that we about to have, and I'm about to say some shit that I don't think I've said before. Okay, great. Shit, that's that's amazing. I 100 percent am a movie in full experience. Oh, however, subconsciously. I think in dating certain women and knowing that they could not appreciate that level of it, I purposely made myself a phase. Wow. So it's like, yes, I'm a full-blown experience and I can be all of that, but sometimes you know within the first two dates, damn, intellectually, we'll never match up. Damn. Damn, physically, we'll never match up. Wow. Damn, like, 
spiritually is just not connecting. And sometimes you want to make it work or you want to see if maybe it can go further. So you attempt to continue to explore with this individual. But deep down inside, you know, they can never get that deep level of you that will give them access to all of you. And so you you cut that side off. And I think for some of the women that I've dated, I did. At some point, it just became like, oh, your maturity level can't really accept if me and you get into a real, real deep conversation. You'll never be able to accept that. You'll actually probably judge me. So I got to cut that side of me off. It's only surface level conversations with you because that's all I can give you. Or damn, physically, like, yo, you not as freaky as I want you to be. And that's okay. That's your level. But I'm trying to do some other shit. I'm trying to bust in your face. And I want right. you to lick that shit off. And oh, shit. you looking at it like, mm, I don't really do that. All right. <laughs> All right, cool. I might need to cut this episode early. <laughs> I need that shit right now, nigga. This nigga's wallet. Chin, nigga. But I, nigga, what? All right. Hang in there. All right. So it's just like, <sighs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes you know that and then you, you cut the experience short. You make it, you know you that experience but you're like nah i'm gonna be a phase for this chick because she can't she'll never get the full experience she'll never be able to explore it to where it needs to be and then at the end of it you just end up hurt and disappointed yeah and that's why a lot of niggas yeah it's true a lot of niggas just gotta know when to friend zone themselves and a lot of niggas gotta know just when to you know hang it up and i think that's fine i think that's cute sweet fine and dandy but you know again there'll be some chicks that you put a lot of time and effort into and you put a lot of resources into and you put a lot of communication into. And when you don't get that back, it's hard for a part of you not to become a little bitter, a little jaded, jaded. a little, you know, hurt by... That shit one of my favorite songs from right? Drake. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, of all time. That shit began me in my feelings. That shit has got me through some shit. Shout out to uh, Jersey. I think we need to all, like, we, we, we need to know when to friend zone ourselves, fellas. I mean, and I think that's important for our healing process as well. In the process, you get to learn about yourself because, yeah, she could have been acting like a bitch, but you could also realize, damn, like, I still got some fuckboy tendencies that I need to, like, I need to kill off. You know, I still got some shit I need to let go of because how am I really going to step into who I need to be if I'm still acting like this? But you know what? If it takes this relationship, this failed relationship to not work for me to get to that level, then so be it. I'm going to look at this as a test and a testimony. And if I fail... I got a lesson out of it. I'm, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better for somebody else, just not for her. Hopefully you get to figure how to get in the room. Like tell girls how to get a rich. Make money first. First mm. and foremost, make money. If you put money in a man's pocket and you like clean something up for him, because a lot of these men don't have websites. That'd be the easiest thing. Like give it a website. Yeah, get me yeah. a verified email. Damn. You don't get rich men by having money. I want shit with a dip though. Love a damsel in distress. The richest that I've ever entertained and that were in my life and that supported my things that I wanted was when I was the brokest. Mm. They stroke their own ego by being able to purchase whatever they want. Once you get to a certain level where you are providing for the lifestyle that you want, there is no man that's going to attempt to show up for you with less than that. You also have to be in the environment. Nine times out of ten, unless you are, unless you are a hoe, unless you are a sex worker or you're in the space where you're connected to madams and stuff like Don't that. Say if you are out here attempting to only deal with men that are giving you money, you are a sex worker. This is my second time listening to this clip, and I gotta agree with a lot of these points. <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking lie. I honestly think both of them are wrong. 
Oh shit! Damn. I think both of them. I kind of, I kind of agree though. I don't know what, what, the girl at the top, uh, the one who's been yeah. circulating because she says she won't date a dude who makes a hundred thousand or less. Yeah, and Mandy, I think are they're both looking at it from one perspective. So let's start with the girl at the top. Yeah. Um, I think that she's wrong because. To some extent, there are the men and a lot of men who once they like accolades do not. Right. They don't attract men. No, they don't. In many times. Like it just doesn't. It don't. Because if a nigga wants you, he wants you. Nigga, because that's what we're right. raised it, it in society yeah. tells us to do. It don't matter what you got or what you don't You got. could be a bum ass bitch in you. fucking Target. But if you look good. I want you. And you give me some form of like play that makes me feel like oh we going somewhere. I want you. My, yeah, you're gonna be my girl. I don't. I don't really care about your job. Like I don't car, really care about how much money you shit. make. I don't care if you still taking the MTA going your way. I don't right. care about none of that. Me, me personally, I don't. Society will tell us that. Society will. And you and you're like a bum ass nigga if you do care about those things. Right. Compared right. like what compared society? To what, yeah, compared to what a woman would quote unquote not care about. So on that aspect of it is like you need to have um, money. Um, money. On yeah. one aspect of it, I think that that message relays the wrong thing. On the other end of it, she's right. And here's what I mean. If you want a rich dude, and this is kind of what Bridget, I think, was getting to. Yeah. You have to be in spaces with other oh, yeah. rich people. Yeah. And yeah. so maybe you are making like six figures. And you're looking for somebody who's making half a ticket. They're making 500000 Or maybe, just to add to you, or maybe you're not making that, but you look like that. Right. You and that's the, and that's the next like point. That. Looking like it. So that um, that's where I was going to get to okay. with when it comes to Mandy. But, yeah. So you in that space, you're going to find a dude who's making half a mil. If you, if you either, A, look like you are worth half a mil... Or B, you're making that amount of money because you're going to have access to those spaces. There are literally spaces in this society that you only have access to if you have a certain amount of money. Or maybe the access is there, but you shouldn't dare go there unless you have a certain amount of money. So you shouldn't be going to Salt Bay's restaurant and you only make 25K. Because nine times out of ten, you're going to go out, you're going to go there and that bill is going to be a thousand dollars. And you're going to be like a fish out of water. Like, oh, shit, I just paid these niggas my rent for the month. Like, and, and I'm ready? fucked up. Are we ready to have a podcast? <laughs> Talk to me. We're doing this podcast. And we've been consistent with content for the last five years going on six. Outside of that, we've done so many other things that have added and oofed to our personality our charisma and the things that we got going on in the world in terms of accolade wise nothing is stopping us really from making a million dollars because i feel like mentally we've been there we know that at some point we're going to get to that point and if and when we get to that point what do you think that trajectory of other people around us is going to do to them mentally. Do you feel like that's going to turn people off that we personally know more or less that are listening to the podcast? Or do you think that's going to actually make them, you know, want to step? Because the reality is this. Damn, can't believe I'm about to say this. 
A lot of y'all motherfuckers that's listening to this podcast right now, a lot of y'all at some point will stop listening to the podcast because XAB and I are going to get to a level where we would have officially plateaued. And the reality is, I think a lot of people, my opinion, you guys are fucking scared to really go after your fucking dreams. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're afraid. So in a lot of ways, this podcast inspires you. It makes you actually think that what you're doing or what you can do is possible. But the other reality is a lot of y'all listen to this podcast and you're listening to it because it's helping you get through that fucking last year of your um of your degree or it's helping you get through a rough fucking breakup or it's just some shit that you listen to for shits and giggles or you could be a loyalist. You always listen to this shit. But a lot of y'all listening to it, a lot of y'all are actually not going to confront your demons, face your fears and possibly become a millionaire that me and X probably know you could be, but you're not going to push yourself to those capabilities. And the way that my brother and I think, and the way that, you know, a lot of us, you know, like-minded people think who are on this type of path, who are, you know, in the entertainment business, we know that there's something more than just quote unquote, becoming a millionaire. We know that we can reach those upper echelons and those plateaus and we can get and break through those glass fucking ceilings. However, we know that the mindset has to change a lot of work, a lot of sleepless nights. We have a lot of sleepless nights. Yeah, I worked. I told you I worked the fucking three to 11 and I worked that shit every Sunday. I work at three to 11. I go to sleep for like two and a half hours. Cause I get home at like one, sometimes two. I go to work on Mondays. From seven to three, sometimes eight to four. And I'm here giving y'all niggas hundred and fucking ten percent. And a lot of y'all work less hours than me during the week. And a lot of y'all niggas do not put that into your, you know, your your dream or something that you got going on. And I think it's a scary thing because we're talking about a spot like XAB just mentioned about talking about a bill being a thousand dollars. And a lot of y'all talk that shit. And a lot of y'all not putting in the time and effort to become that person that you can be to make that type of bread and 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 not and not be phased by it. But again, a lot of us honestly, honestly, honestly are not pushing ourselves the way we need to. And it's unfortunate. So I really hope some of y'all that are, some of y'all get to wake up and watch this part of the episode or listen to it and be like, hey, it's time for me to get on my grizzly. And for the rest of y'all, shit, just keep listening because I don't know what to tell you. If there's hope when you listen to this episode, if there's hope when you listen to our voices, shit, then I guess there's hope for the rest of the fucking world. Because we ain't just talking to talk. I tell you that shit, niggas is, we're not talking just to talk. I mean, yeah, I think that point is valid as well. I think um, when it comes to getting a, a man who's making a certain amount of money, I think it goes back to what it is to get most men and that is to offer a form of partnership and that is where i guess the first shorty is correct being a damsel in distress sounds like a bill mandy i love you we love you damn but being a damsel we're gonna tag her being a damsel in distress sounds like a bill and i promise you yes there are men that look at that there absolutely are. I'm not discrediting what you're saying. There absolutely are a lot of men out there that that's an ego boost for them to be able to take care of their girl. But a lot of that is attached to toxic shit. A lot of that is attached to control. A lot of that is attached to, oh, well, you know what I mean? I like the idea of you having to come to me mm-hmm. to have to do what you want to do. And I am aware because when that money comes out of my account, and I go and look, I see what that is. 
So it's like, oh, who you went to dinner with? Oh, da 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 da. Oh, yeah, I don't mind paying your rent. There are men like that. Yeah. But on the flip side of it, I think most men who are going to stick around and actually are going to want the relationship to work that have funds, they don't want a bill. They want a partner. They want someone that is going to possibly alleviate some of the shit that they go through making that money, or they want somebody that is going to help elevate their shit as they're making that money. Like, they want someone that when they're with them, is like, oh, shit, I was making 500000 before, but now I'm making a mil because Shorty didn't help me out. Some niggas want a partner and they want a bill. Mm. Some niggas want they girl that they got, and some niggas want that bitch that they still taking care of on the side. Some niggas want that as well. <laughs> Yo, we so toxic, bro. Fuck. Some niggas want... Swears. Some niggas want the trophy wife. Yeah. You look like a million bucks, and that's all that matters to them. Mm-hmm. And you not probably even in a position to maintain the million bucks that you look like. I'm the maintenance guy. I'm the, I'm I'm doing a fine. Nah, you about 30k deep in credit. Right. Trying to look like a million dollars. Right. But I got you though cuz you my wife and I'm gonna make sure I always got you. And that's why these shits don't be adding up is because in real life some of y'all want the you you want the partner but you're so enamored by the one that looks like a million dollars because it's an ego boost for you. And so you're willing to compromise for a little bit until you realize, wait, this ain't the shit I really want. And I'm compromising myself and my dignity to keep this person happy. But in doing so, I'm not happy. Y'all want the million dollars, but you deep down inside, you would not have worked as hard as that man who got the million dollars if that man wanted to be with you, if you got the million dollars. The the work ethic would not be the same. Y'all not really partners at the end of the day because... If that man loses his million dollars oh, and you get the million dollars, done. you're not going to look at him like, yo, babe, you held me down, so I'm going to hold you down. You're going to look at him like you're a fucking disgrace. That, and, and I'm making more money than you. And that's the decline. I feel like when men are making more money than women, men necessarily don't look down at women and be like, oh, you're a piece of shit without me. Now, there's some niggas out there that definitely do think on that type of time. But I feel like what we see being advertised day by day by day on fucking social motherfucking media, it's like y'all wardrobe trophy piece. It's like y'all fucking closet. Y'all walk in that bitch. You walk straight up to the fucking phone. The phone is your microphone. You walk straight up. You put the nice little background. You put a nice little sexy outfit on and be like, I can't date broke niggas. But let a nigga say he get online, I can't date, I can't date broke bitches. Hey. Niggas is going to look at them goofy. Hey. Men and women. Men and women. It's going to be a fucking field day. Money, when it comes to women, is like a necessity. Like, yes, need to have this shit because I need to have this. I need to have this type of heel. I need to have this type of bag. Money to men is a necessity because it's an ends that justifies a means. I got to get this bag because I got to get this bitch and then I got to make sure she's taken care of. Men is like, I feel like sometimes always, and I got to make sure I'm taking care of my shorty. I make sure her hair's done, her nails done. She got a nice bag. Women is like, I got to get this thing because it's going to make me feel good versus I got to take care of a nigga. I'm not, why the fuck? I, I, I shouldn't be taking, nigga, you should come with your own bread. Niggas is not saying that though. It's weird. And that's always the mindset. Always of, the mindset. Nigga, you got to come with your own money. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck about your love. 
I don't give a fuck about none of that other shit. What else you, you bring to the table? Are you coming with your own money? Not to say that a nigga shit. Everybody should be coming to Everybody the table with their own money, but a nigga is judged mm-hmm. based on his bread, based on the amount of money he's bringing to the table. Talked about this time and time again. If he's not bringing enough money to take care of himself and your expenses when you want him to, and that might be every time, then what are you here for? And that is where we got, we have a very big disconnect between what men and women are looking for because as we touched on earlier, I don't think men necessarily sit there and say and do a financial analysis of a chick. And a lot of men aren't even doing a home economics analysis of the chick anymore because that was always the compromise, right? That was always the thing that women said, right? Oh, if you want me to come and cook and clean Mm -hmm. and do your laundry and all this shit, then you got to be taking care of all the bills. Mm -hmm. Cool. A lot of men is not even asking for that from women. Nope. If we keep it in a buck, we living in a fantasy world because a lot of niggas is doing their own laundry, is cooking and cleaning for themselves and don't want no chick doing it for them. First of all, me personally, the chicks who have dated me. I, I already I know where you're going. I, I know, know where you're going with it. This, I know where you're going with it. Yo, I'm going to be honest. A lot of chicks that I've dated are nastier than y'all motherfuckers think. If I'm keeping it all the way 100. A lot of the chicks that this nigga dated, he did the laundry. Yo, I didn't even want to say it, but. He cleaned the he cleaned the crib. Yo, not only clean the crib, I'm taking the whole family grocery shopping. We going to Costco right now. Everybody. Everybody. Don't worry about it. I got a Costco membership card. Don't worry about it. So the music, uh, the Billboard Music Awards was. L- Last night? Uh, last night? Shit, I was at work. Fuck. Yeah, I really didn't give two two shits about it. Right. Um, I don't care about billboards. Actually, I don't care about that. Yeah, I mean, I we y'all. If y'all been avid listeners, y'all know where you at with award shows. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, like we we don't really give a fuck about award shows, but um, we will see. Who the winners were? Oh yeah, there's a lot of winners. Shout out to Mary J. Blige. She won the Icon Award. That was that was fucking a long time in the and Mary looked. Mary Blige looks very good. I don't know how old she is, but I know she's in her fifties. She looks fucking amazing. Um, God, they're definitely still eye candy. God damn, I was like fuck. Megan Thee Stallion won award for top female rap artist, right. beating out Cardi B and Lotto. Wild, wild. Who was who was in that category? Wild. Doja Cat uh, won best for R&B artist. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yo, we tell y'all this shit every week. She's not. Better. She's not R&B. Like, which one is it? She a rapper? Is she R&B? Because guess what? When niggas do rap and R&B, you know what that makes them? A pop artist. I was about to say, definitely pop artist. Y'all giving like, her the wrong awards. She's dope as fuck, but y'all giving her the wrong awards. Giveon, Silk Sonic, Summer Walker, The Weeknd was in that. And she won. Oh. Uh, Doja, you're fucking lying. Yeah, yeah, in that in that category for best R and B. Nah, that's super controversial. Giveon, Silk Sonic, Summer Walker, and The Weeknd. Now First I would how she beat out Silk Sonic. What that's what I was gonna say. Silk Sonic. Fuck. I wouldn't been mad if Silk Sonic got it. Obviously, Summer Walker did her thing. Summer, yeah. Giveon maybe is the closest to R and B out right. of all of them. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, like Summer is R and B, but she's but, yeah, teetering she, yeah, on pop. Yeah, she's you know playing with her sound, which is which is dope for her. 
Um, the crazy. the weekend one for best R and B male artist beating mm. out Giveon and Khalid. Um, oh, okay. Silk Sonic won uh, for best R and for top R and B song. Um, okay. We and, and we all know the song. Right. Beating out Doja Cat in the weekend. Yeah, smoking out the window. Facts. Giveon, Justin Bieber, Daniel Caesar, um, Wizkid. Okay. Um, this kid, how, how you get there? Little Nas X won for top rap song, beating out Drake, Masked Wolf, and Polo G. What the fuck is Masked Wolf? What was the name of the song that he won for? What song did he? I am assuming. Let me see. Best rap song. What song was that? I don't know what song it was. It doesn't say. I yeah uh, I don't know about that but okay shout out to Lil Nas uh, uh um Lil Nas X Omarion and Bow Wow won for top rap tour beating out J Cole and Little Baby I, oh that had to have been um I don't know if that was millennial sales. tour that okay okay ticket sales probably uh, I don't know I don't I don't know dog how the fuck niggas beat Cole and in this era. Bow Wow, Bow Wow, bro, you just shad monster niggas right now. You definitely not Bow Wow no more. Yeah. Uh top R and B female artist goes to Doja Cat. She beat out Summer Walker and Scissor. I don't understand. They why be wildin'. Why this shit is this is so dis Y'all gonna put them fucking girls against to hate her. She's not gonna have yeah, no friends. Yeah, this is disrespectful. She's not gonna have no friends in the industry. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Top viral song went to Doja Cat and Scissor. Oh, okay. Which was um, they have a song together. I forgot the name of it. Okay. Oh, is that the is that the silhouette shit? Was that the silhouette challenge? So nah, not that one. Oh, because that, that definitely was one of her most viral records ever. Drake won for top artist of the year. Oh, okay. Beating out Doja Cat, Olivia Rodrigo, Taylor Swift, and The Weeknd. Top artist, there. okay. Um, Drake also won for top male artist of the year, beating out Ed Sheeran, Justin Bieber. Little Nas X and the weekend. Drake was Drake wasn't even there. That that's big. Top top Drake also won for top rap artist of the be, of the year, beating out Juice World. What? R.I.P. to Juice. R.I.P. to Juice. I gotta World. stop Ooh. fucking playing, man. But what is what? He been dead for like R.I.P. for like two years. What the fuck you doing? Little baby, money bag, yo, and Polo G. I just put anybody in category. Drake won for top male artist of the year. Oh, this nigga got four awards. Fuck. And then Drake won again for top rap album of the year. God damn. Whoa, 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 whoa. Tom. Wait. That's like five. That, yeah, that, that is five, but top rap album? I mean, Kendrick just dropped, so we can't put... So he beat out Cole. He beat out Ye. He beat out Ye, and he beat out Big Sean? Let's see. Let me go back to it. I don't know, dog. Big Sean not even on here. It's Moneybag Yo. Whoa. Rod Wave. Uh... The kid Lario, okay, uh, Lari, yeah, the, the 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 white boy. Nah, he yeah. he's fire, he's fire, he's fire. Lari, I don't know him. Yeah, and then um, Kanye West. Oh, Drake beat Kanye. Oh shit, niggas got something else to talk about. Laori, <laughs> I'm still stuck on his name, so I don't know mm, what fucking name this. Name. I don't know how to pronounce it, but he he he's he's flames. Laori, I think. Yeah. Um, and then we got Kanye won for best Christian uh, artist. Okay. Um, Kanye won for best top uh, gospel artist. Okay. Kanye won for best Christian album. Okay. Um, Kanye won for top gossip out al- gospel album of the year. 
Okay, they just giving out awards, but okay. Yeah, top right. Christian song. Ah, yeah, that that's that's right. So far, that's about five awards for Kanye. All right. I'm I'm confused because it says the nominees include Kanye, Kanye, and Kanye. You're lying. <laughs> Where the fucking gods? <laughs> you know what? Yo, this shit rigged. It's yo, this like, shit don't make no this sense. This why the this why I don't watch this, this shit. I don't watch this shit. What the fuck? <laughs> How's this nigga against himself four times in a, in a fucking cat? So he was nominated five times and he won? The nigga was nominated against himself. What the fuck are y'all doing, bro? Yo, Diddy, you got some explaining to do, nigga. I know you wasn't on the committee. You got some explaining to do, bro. This shit different. The committee is on some bullshit. Um, also, what happened, we got some new music from... Bryson Tiller. Let me see if I got that. Definitely, uh, definitely was like, oh, okay, all right. Some new, some new Bryson Tiller. Bryson, are, are you trying to get back in niggas' good graces? Yeah, because Bryson's been missing and dropping Lucy's for like the last couple of years. Um, the last song of notoriety, I think, Who was him and Drake. Him and Drake, out of time, which is which is my shit. Oh, yeah, out of time was fire. Um, yeah, should've, but should have dropped the video. What y'all doing? Since then, I think he did. Uh, he did that song on hers album. Yeah, I did not like it. Oh shit! Um, it wasn't. I did not like it because of him. But that whole sound was just a little weird. He was like, like he said, he said, he said it's not it. All right, cool. Yeah, it wasn't it. Um, let me see. Let me look in my my save. Let's see if I got this. But shout out to Diddy um, for having a nostalgic moment with his son. You know what I mean? King Combs. You know what I mean? They was doing old school dances on stage. You know what I mean? Tiana Taylor came out there. Her fuck her sexy ass. God damn, son. She married, dog. I know, mm. but yo, mega. Here's the song. That body crazy. Tell her, sing, 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 sing. I'm fucking with it. Yeah, I fuck with it. I tried, I tried to give it all to you, baby. Brand new Mercedes, a newborn baby. Yeah, I told you love too lazy. All you had to do is love me, baby. Man, it gets so frustrating. Yeah, why you wanna go and test me, baby? Yeah, baby, and tell me I'm failing. Yeah, keep telling me things like you done trying with me. Oh, Diddy, please don't put a rap on this. Nigga, Diddy about to drop an album. We already see that coming. I hope he's doing a DJ Khaled type shit, and I hope he doesn't try and rap on on. Well, he definitely has a record with Jack Harlow. He bought him out as well. And uh, Diddy is getting behind the new wave of hip-hop. As he always is. You know, he's always, you know, making a band. You feel me? So, bad boy this and bad boy that. You know, Diddy's back. Okay? Um, Love is back. Nigga got so many goddamn names now. With his new fucking um, uh, record label, you know, that he's doing in partnership with Motown. Motown. It's called Love Records. Now, I'm interested to see what Diddy does with R&B because uh, Diddy's been teetering with R&B for quite some time now. Throughout his whole career. And I think that nigga really wants to like low key not be an R and B artist, but he wants to be behind new R and B. And Diddy has, I mean, let's not get into it. Diddy is responsible for Total. Diddy's responsible for New Edition. Diddy's responsible for One Twelve. Diddy's responsible for a lot of fucking R and B. Day twenty six. Day twenty six. Diddy is not nigga. Diddy is like his hand is in a lot of shit, and 
He's helped a lot of careers pop off. Um, and he's also helped a lot of people get into some interesting places in their life, even after hip hop. I mean, Sean came from Diddy's camp and Sean is now the fucking, um, he, he's running, uh, I forgot the name of the goddamn country, but Sean is like a big politician in one of these big Caribbean countries. Now shout out to him. And, and Sean did some, some time. Loon is a fucking, um, a Muslim now. And Loon has a big following online. Like, so like you just never know what could happen. You know what I mean? So shout out to, uh, Diddy for continuously being a trendsetter. Continuously, continuously being a, a mogul and continuously, despite, you know, adversity and, you know, the whole death surrounding Biggie Smalls and, you know, shit going on with him and D-Block and him and the locks and Jada Kiss and, you know, all the other artists that he had bad full announced with, um, you know, did he continues to reinvent himself? And I think if there's one thing that you need to take and learn from, you know, Sean Puffy Combs is that, Yo, reinvention could be scary, but reinvention reinvention is also necessary, you know. And I know, and I know he also has a new documentary coming out talking about the life and times of you know the shit that he's been through, and also he you know touches on his you know um, uh, beautiful uh, wife uh, or ex wife uh, Kim Porter and her death and what that did to him. Black. We are black. We are black. From the shores of West Africa to the majestic waterfalls of Jamaica. From the golden beaches of Haiti to the mountaintops of East Africa. From the Brazilian rainforest to the heart of Inglewood, California. We are the culture. We are the culture. We are the culture. We are the culture. The birthplace of humanity. The alpha and the omega. We are history. We are history. We are history. Despite our different backgrounds, the black experience connects us. Led by those who came before us and building a bridge for those who follow in our footsteps. That's one of we our more powerful blacks. Together we have the power to create wealth within our community. To empower and uplift one another. The time has come to unify the continent with the global black diaspora. This. 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 This is Africon. Join us this May for four days of celebrating us. This is the most important event for the global black diaspora. You do not want to miss it. Africon is going to be humongous. That, that, that's that's going to be serious. I feel it. It's going to be serious. It says it's a two-day conference with 60-plus speakers and special guests. Um, Afro Ball Gala in partnership with Chaka Bars and iHeart Africa. Um, wow, I didn't even know they fucking had that. God damn. After parties and all black plus African marketplace musical performances by Jadena. Um, yeah, this is huge, and it, man. And, it, and it's happening in May. When though? Twenty fifth, I think. They said to the twenty something. Twenty. Where is it? Where is it happening? That I don't know. Um, damn. I was. I'm, some, I'm something tells me not New York. Oh, I presume in Africa. Um, uh, one of the countries in Africa. Yo, honestly speaking, man, um, I know a lot of people have been, um, there's always a lot of controversy around Africa because I feel like a lot of people are not really reading into what's happening in Africa. And it's crazy because there's things that's happening in Africa now that are not mainstream news. You know, only the people that are like in those circles, in those groups, like I'm, I'm in a few of those groups. There's mad shit happening, especially in in fucking uh, Uganda. There's mad shit happening right mm-hmm. now. So, um, shout out to Jadena, honestly. Shout out to Jadena 
Shout out to Akon. Shout out to Chaka Bars. Shout out to so many people in Africa on like on the ground in many different African countries. Um, Zimbabwe, Gambia, Uganda. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of people in South Africa really uh getting schools going, um, rebuilding, um, getting people informed about what's happening in Africa. At my job the other day, um, there was actually an organization um, that came and they did a whole conference on trying to get people to understand why it's important to travel to Africa. Mm -hmm. And and they was at my job for uh, two days doing a two-day conference and everybody had on dashikis and it was fire. It, It was lit. And there's so much negative in the news about Africa that's trying to negate you from seeing the positive. So I think it's important that we have something like Africon. Um, And the thing about Africon that I love in terms of what it represents is this is now going to open up a brand new pathway for us to have a real conversation about one Africa, the diaspora two, what it means to be African, whether you were born in Africa or you were born in America having an African-American experience or whether you were born in Africa having an African experience and then how those two worlds collide when you start to travel and move around. And then third, which is probably the most important, why is it important to go to Africa or go back to Africa and why it's important that you um, remember where you came from and the historical background of what it means to be of this skin color, of you know what it means to be of this great race so shout out to those brothers for doing the work and you know if me and the good brother can't make it this year you know what we will be making that pilgrimage real soon because we got to touch africa yeah uh, i don't always agree with chaka bars but i think that um i think that over the last two years he's been doing a lot of growth um and if that growth is now landing him here um, I've always been a fan of Jadena. Um, so I'm excited for these two brothers and this collaboration and what it means uh, for black people, especially in this time where we know a lot of wild shit is going on and we are going to get to that. Politics is definitely probably the highlight of this episode um, and we're getting to that pretty soon. Um, but... Yeah, I'm here for these brothers. Congratulations. Um, It's a major move. Major move. Major move. And I just feel like black people are really coming together to impact culture. When you talk about Kendrick, you talk about this move, you talk about Diddy hosting and being heavily involved in the Billboard Music Awards. That's humongous. That's huge. This is what the white people are are fearing. But it's unification. It's the reality. Um, for for the folks that are on that timing, um, yeah. So you had sent an interesting clip about Swiss Beats and Alicia. Yo, yo. So I'm gonna find that. That shit was fucking insane. One thing I will say is that my respect level for her, if this is a true story, because you don't be knowing sometimes, man. But if this is a true story, my respect level for Alicia Keys went all the way up because that's different. Oh, here it is right here. Seen this one? Her no game? No, because it used to hurt my heart. I'm like, you sure? 
That's enough. You say that's one of our more powerful blacks. It was integrity involved with it. You remember when they came with the blank check and they wanted you to sing on somebody's boat, and she could have filled out the check, and she was like, "No, I'm here with my husband. Go through the proper channels, and we talk about that lady." He's like, "Nah, we need it now." She's like, "Nah, I never seen no shit like that." Yeah, because I would have been. You here with your husband? I would have been. Get on the boat. Shout out to Gillian Wallow. Pass me the check. It was the integrity part. Like she not for sale. Absolutely. You understand? That was that, and this was early too. I was like. Okay, I respect that. And it could have been a hundred million. The fact that we here on our personal time, no money or a situation can get in between that. And that was that was honorable. You know, I pulled this, I said, You sure you want this is quick. Yeah, so basically, uh the moral of the story there is he felt like she couldn't be bought. And that allowed him to look at her in a way where he felt like she was a keeper and someone that he could continue to spend time with. Um, I guess my question here is two pronged in terms of one, I guess what you would do in that scenario. Um, and then two, uh, how do you feel about the decision that she decided to make? Um, what would I do in that scenario? Me personally, I feel like, I feel like for the interview, that nigga simplified it way too much. There had to have been way more external factors going on. Where was y'all on the boat? Who was offering the millions? Who was who was offering the millions? And what the fuck exactly were you going to be singing? Was it going to be a new record or was it going to be one of your songs or maybe a collaboration? Was it a concert style? Right. Were you going to be singing for hours? Right. And like. To, to me too What it really boils down to In that moment is Both of y'all are well off So at that particular stage I would have to have known prior That we either one were well off And we really didn't need it And I feel like you know As much as I looking outside of the money I want something like that What he experienced I want that on a regular though It's a fairy tale. Um, I feel like for me, I like the gesture. <laughs> so I guess if I was in the same shoes as being a millionaire, uh, having as much money as they have, I like the gesture and what that may have meant early on to their relationship in terms of like, yo, I'm spending time with you and that's that. I will say that it is kind of a turn off when I'm with somebody on a date and they decide like last minute or they decide they decide uh, in the middle of us doing something that they want to take, quote unquote, business or they want to um, get into something else. Like. Let me know that type of information beforehand or like, let's say it's sporadic, like it seems to be for this. Right. It was at dinner. It looked like. That is just telling me it, it gives off. Maybe I'm not that interested um, or I'm going to put this before you. And sometimes that's fine. Right. Like I'm not necessarily mad at that, but I'm going to look probably at certain things a certain type of way. Like I've been on dates where the person I was with bumps into a DJ or somebody that they worked with in the past. And then that person asks them to do something. So now they're like, Babe, you don't mind if I do this real quick? And it's like, I don't mind, but 
You know what I mean? That's kind of telling me maybe this date ain't really what you need it to be if you really want to spend some time. So I like the gesture. On the flip side of it, though, it's kind of like, shit, it could be a turnoff on the other end where it's like, are you not about your bread? <laughs> are you not about your, your, you know, your coins? And I guess that would all depend. All I'm going to say is Beyonce would never. Beyonce would never Jay-Z would understand So Now The other aspect of it Is I think as men We don't even have that option No We have to go Go do the job Yeah yeah You know It's unattractive if we Turn down The bread And Say nah I'm on this date with with you shorty I ain't even gonna do I ain't even trying to Bro, there's girls that would that tell you straight up in a heartbeat. If money came up, sorry, can't go on a date. These girls is going after their money. Well, I'm saying, as a man in that scenario, yeah. and a dude comes to you and yeah. says, hey, yo, I need you to rap for 30 minutes. I'm going to give you nine mil. If you turn that down, I feel like most women will be turned off from that. Most women, because... In that moment, she's not thinking about you, nigga. She's thinking about herself. What what could she get out oh, of it? Oh wow. Though? I didn't even know you was I didn't even know you yeah, were going there. I, I didn't even want to fucking go there, bro. But I the way you just said that, I'm just like, nigga, she's not thinking about XAB, the, the artist in that moment. She's not thinking about riding out. She's not thinking about that fucking shit, nigga. She's thinking about what the fuck. Can I get out of this? I'm going to get a fucking house. I'm going to get a brand new fucking car. I'm definitely going to make sure I got some mills in the bank. And I'm probably going to end up leaving this nigga after a while. And I'm going to just blame it on I wasn't getting what I wanted out of the relationship. Bitch, you wanted the bread. Yeah. Make it on toxic time. Today. <laughs> you, you wanted the bread. King toxic. <laughs> I mean, and that is what the fuck you wanted. And I really feel like sometimes Money is the root of all evils in relationships, man. Like, that's just what it boils down to, man. Like, I mean, they say it's the number one reason for divorce. That's what they say. I mean, that's what I've been learning since I've been, you know, on this path. You know, 13 weddings and count and holler at me. But what I'm saying is that is going to be the ultimate um, decision maker. And, yo, do I stay? Do I go? Because a lot of women... I feel like money will influence a woman more to leave versus a man trying uh uh versus a man getting money that will influence him to stay. Mm. I don't think no amount of money is going to influence a man to stay. If he want to stay, he going to stay no matter how much bread he got. Versus a woman, if she's making a, a, a what she considers to be a lot or she knows she's making more than a man, she's more than likely going to dip. Because she's either one going to be like, I could do this without this nigga. And two, I need to find a nigga that's making as much as me, if not more than me. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that's disguised by um, if I could do it for myself, I'm better off alone. Exactly. And men, and I feel like just men don't think like that. So I feel like if it was the other way around, Alicia Keys would be having a whole different conversation if Swiss Beats turned that bread down. I tell oh, you that. 100%. Yo, I need you to make a fire-ass beat right now. For and nine he was like, mil. nah, I'm on, this, I'm on this date. Nigga. I feel like that's not going to go over the same way that nope. it went. Where he's like, yo, I kind of <laughs> like the fact that she did that. A romance is for women. Romance is not for niggas. I'm sorry. Shit, this nigga went on a whole. That, that, that's where we going, bro. 
I didn't even want to go ahead today with y'all. I'm a bit reserved. I got my crystals on. I got my beads on. I didn't want to go there with y'all, but a part of me is like, I gotta bring the I gotta bring the tiger off the shirt out of the jungle. I gotta bring him out. I think. I mean, we stumbled into a conversation here. Uh, yeah, that's just that's just where I think we're at. Like deep down inside, yes, we went to the fact that a nigga gotta be on it twenty four seven. Gotta be getting to the bag, getting to the bread. Just down a third. Meanwhile, it's only at a luxury point of view for the for the woman. For the woman counterpart, she's always gonna make sure that if he don't got we she's indirectly, indirectly always worried about her bread. If he's worried about his money, he's worried about his money in terms of spending his money to make sure she is good. That woman, if if she knows that she's getting money from him, she's gonna make sure that she takes a little money for herself. And then she's going to make sure that she's good. It's not necessarily always about that nigga. Most of the time, we always thinking about their feelings versus them thinking about what they could get out of it. Nine million dollars is a lot of fucking money. When I first when I first looked at it, I was like, they probably got 90 million somewhere. I mean, the other aspect of this conversation, though, is it goes back to the dates, right? Oh, yeah. How how reluctant women are in many cases and this is in dating phases. I'm not talking about in relationships because when we get into relationships, yes, I think women tend to go above and beyond once they feel like something is quote unquote solid. She better go above and beyond for me. Now. Like when they feel like something is solid, then they're willing to bend over backwards, forgive a nigga, forgive a nigga for cheating mm. 42 times, all that shit because they attach <laughs> to the nigga. But in dating, I feel like women are so reluctant to the idea of Yo, this nigga took me out four times, and that experience has been that one-sided thing, and I, I already know how he is when he's taking me out, but I don't know how he is when I take him out and how he would respond to that. And that is an important part of a relationship that because we don't explore it, it kind of goes back to the other conversation we had where it was like bringing... Having dates with family members, um, yeah. having a date and, and having them a, a date where you bring your mother and they bring their mother. And now it's a family date like and that and how impactful that can be to learning somebody in the dating experience. So I think that there's such a reluctance there and it does kind of limit the dating capacity and what you can learn from somebody based off of, yo. I'm getting, 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 but what happens when I give? Because I'm about to say a real thing. Damn. Sometimes people don't know how to respond to receiving things. Shit, I know I don't. And that might end up being a, a, a part of your relationship because if we're talking about love languages, yeah, we're going to get there. We're talking about love languages, and your love language is to give, right? And maybe you're reserved on that aspect of it in the dating phase because you think niggas ain't shit and they don't deserve it. And by doing so, you're going to play yourself. So you don't do it initially. But later down the road, that's how you try to solve arguments. That's how you think you are showing love. And then that person needs quality time. They don't need all the gifts. You might have found that out if you tried to take them on a date one time and they started acting weird. So we, we definitely, we handicap our own experiences Based off of what we think certain uh, dating should be like. Facts. 
Let's see what else we got on the docket here. DJ Will. Oh, wait. Before we get to DJ Will. Oh, shit. Because that, that was a situation. Wacky. I thought, I thought she was about to, thought she was about to light it up in there. Yeah, she definitely was hot. But uh, we're going to get to that. I don't want to ruin that conversation just yet. Um, I do want to talk about this, even though maybe I don't have as much experience. So this might be a one-sided conversation. Um, but what I'd like to ask is drunk sex. Um, is drunk sex better than regular sex? Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's hard to get your dick like up, like fully. I guess it's tough sometimes. What do you think makes it better? Um, so it's twofold. Um, I feel like if we're both drunk, I feel a bit more comfortable. If you're the only one drunk, to me, it gives off, I'm taking advantage vibes and I don't really know if I want to do that. There's been a lot of times where my partner or somebody I'm having sex with is drunk or we're about to have sex and they're drunk and they're too drunk for me. And I'm just like. Nah, I'm a fallback. And then and, and then there's times, unfortunately, where niggas will have drunk sex and I'm already upset at you and I'm fucking you and I'm your man, but I'm fucking you like you some random ass bitch. I'm fucking you like a girl I just met at the club. So it's going to be all type of slutty and it's going to be all type of say my name and I might be slapping the ass harder that day. Like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to fucking win a basketball game. Um, if you're drunk and I'm not drunk, um, you might be wanting to do some shit that night that, you know, you might not be prepared for. Um, I might tell you to eat my ass that night and you might do it. Um, you might not want to, but you're so drunk and then we might laugh about it or you might be drunk, but you might be violently drunk. I don't know if I want to deal with that. I've dealt with that before. I've dealt with girls coming home, you know, from the club with their girls and they want to fuck, but they want to slap me. And I'm just like, why why are you fucking slapping me? Or they want to, you know, call me names. I'm like, "Uh, I don't really know. So it depends. It depends on who you having drunk sex with, to be honest. I mean, when I think about it, I'm thinking about it from the aspect of both both people being drunk. Okay. And. And or to, I mean, I've never had drunk sex, obviously, because I don't drink. Got to try one time. Um, but I do know. I think the last time, oh man, I went out somewhere with somebody, and they gave us like two glasses of alcohol, Damn. and I think I drank it because um, peer pressure. It's okay. Not no peer pressure. Okay. It, it was more so. Like, I, I'm going to do it. And I can't remember who I was with. I honestly can't remember the girl I was with. But um, That's probably a good thing. You was that drunk. I wasn't drunk. Okay. But I will say that when I do drink a certain amount of alcohol, obviously, with, as with everybody else, um, for me, though, I get like this. It is definitely a lusty nature. Ooh. Yeah, it's definitely a, like... I will... I'm on a different level of aggression. Right. Ooh, you whole truck, nigga. I don't even know what that means. Okay. <laughs> this nigga, you dump truck it? What the fuck? But um, so I can only, 
I could only imagine having sex with somebody with that type of energy. Like, that energy is different from my normal. Like, I have to tap into that normally. I have to, like, focus my mind to be on that. But that shit is just like a monkey on your back type shit. shit. Like, nigga, nah, fuck all that, that, like, Mm. Passion shit Yeah It's like Shut the fuck up Yeah exactly Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take, yeah. This, take yeah. this dick Take this dick Take all this yeah. shit Yeah Ooh. Yeah like I'm throwing you against the wall That's it I wanna see you gasp for b- air I'm For breath your jibs. I'm biting your lip Like That's all it. that So You know what I mean I don't know I, I, One day maybe one of these girls Will get me a little tipsy I'm about to fucking make a phone call After this episode <laughs> Bro <laughs> Damn, I mean, we not even talk about nothing crazy, son. Nigga, I be, I be wildin', nigga. This nigga, this nigga came in lusty. Nigga, I'm lusty right now, nigga. What's this up? Nigga. Uh, DJ Will. <laughs> Let me get, get off this topic. Fuck. <laughs> DJ, DJ Will. Um, so DJ Will was at a club. Cardi B was there. Apparently, matter of fact, I'm gonna let the man speak for himself because I don't want to speak for him. Listen, um, but we know just, a couple. Be capping, so I don't know. We know a couple people that know him that vouch for him, so um, I'm gonna believe him. Okay. Um, I wasn't there, so I don't know. I mean, neither one of us was there, but nigga, I was in a club the other day with DJ Self. Though that nigga is a wild boy. All right, so DJ Will says. I'm reading so many stories and narratives about things that happened and didn't happen, and I just want to clear the air. I prepared a little statement that I'm going to read, and hopefully it does just that. Last night in the club, a promoter, manager, passed me along information to shout out. and That's one of our more powerful blacks. I never meant any disrespect to Cardi B, Offset, their family, friends, or fans in any way, shape, or form. It was an honest mistake, and I feel horrible about it. Normally, that's something that I would never do. I always check and double-check information, but I was caught up in what I thought was a hip-hop moment. I accept my responsibility for what happened and send my heartfelt apologies to Cardi being offset. I meant no malice. It was definitely no setup. It was sim- I was simply there to rock the party, which is um, DJ. Well, who, who gave you that information? Because that's a motherfucker that we need to bring to the front of the congregation. That's the weird part. So for me, it's kind of like I don't believe. It. Who was the prom- like? Why did the promoter <laughs> give you if the nigga was working for Cardi B? Uh, which is an assumption on my part. So maybe it's a promoter for the club. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. But if the promoter is aware that Cardi B is there, did they make a mistake and thought it was Nicki Minaj? And maybe that, you know, because some people do this association shit. So maybe he meant to write Cardi B, but was thinking Nicki Minaj because, yo, they got beef or whatever. And first thing. They got kids right now. They mothers. I don't know what's going on. So I don't I don't know. I definitely feel like DJ Will probably got caught up in some shit that he really ain't had nothing to do with. But at the same time, and this is another assumption, because maybe he couldn't see the woman from where, from he, where was, he was at. Yeah, possibly his vantage point was a little off. Yeah, maybe he couldn't see um that it was Cardi B, but 
Um, that is a terrible situation to be in for and sure. And Cardi B is way more is way more light skinned than Nicki, so I DJ. Well, I don't know. Bro. Well, in the club, I, you can't really tell. In the club, that's true. That that's true. I'm gonna just say this: they have a similar aesthetic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, body types is almost similar. That's and true. maybe he's not around to maybe he's no not height. Him like that, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because yeah. he a DJ. Yeah, I mean, and you should. DJ so you just around. told yo, we got special guests in the building. It's Nicki Minaj. You know what I mean? Make sure you shout her out. And, and you take the info. You don't double check. Like he said, he normally does. And you like shouting it out, playing her records, da-da-da-da. And now as Cardi B, you sitting there like, you know me and this chick have had beef. I don't know if the beef is resolved or not. When he started playing Nicki shit, I was like, fuck. Yeah. So now you look like you out here trying to start some shit. Yeah, like, nigga, whose side are you on? Type right. shit. That's, that's, that's the only way I could have took it. And when Cardi got on that microphone... But the one thing I kept thinking about, I was like, God, forgive me for saying this. I was like, the only way that this can get worse is if they would have cut her microphone. He is the DJ. That mean he, he could have. That mean his sound system is the sound system. It's connected to all the microphones in the building. But he's smarter than that. He's smart. <laughs> he's smarter than I'm that. I'm so glad he's because Offset was not with the shit. Yeah, Offset was like, what the fuck is going off? Off rip. Off you rip. know, Offset was on some like, and they was trying to play it cool too. They was and the man's that was with him was like, you look, you know, he was like, I'm texting this nigga right now. Like, right, what like, the fuck you doing, nigga, dogs? Nigga, I, I got your number. First of all, DJ Will. You can't apology your way out of it. I'm sorry. I don't know how it's gonna go for you. You might get blackballed now from a couple of venues now. Your money, your money gonna be funny. And depending on how petty Cardi is, she might pop up just to see what the vibe. Well, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure they connected enough that Will maybe got a message to her in her camp. Right. Um, and I, I presume him going on IG. The one thing that's a little off is the written statement i, I don't am, really know I if you really, needed to yeah. write it i don't know how your memory is maybe that's why you decided to write it down or maybe you felt like going from the heart you might have said some other things if it was last night in the club you should remember everything i don't know i don't know i don't want to tell niggas how to apologize <laughs> but all i want to say is it does feel a little weird knowing that you're reading from a cue card it does it does yep. <laughs> I didn't even it know does. he was reading from that. That's what it looked like. It looked like he kept looking down. This nigga thought his life was on Final Jeopardy. Yeah, like, I... <laughs> That's the fuck he thought. Right, uh, so I ain't really, you know what I mean? But like I said, there's two people close to us that um, vouch for him and said that he is a very, very good guy. So, um... Good guys finish last. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say all that because if it was you that was in that position, I wouldn't want niggas to just dismiss that. Like your intentions are typically good. If that was me in that position, I would have made a dumbass joke right after. Like, yeah, no, I'm fucking around, man. We love all those women, but right now we got Cardi B and this motherfucker. Turn up. He should have. He should have said something to overcome. Playing records is not gonna make it go away, bro. They wouldn't even move into their own record. I don't even. I don't think he knew what the fuck was going on. <laughs> Like, can you imagine nigga that? Was you was a deer in the headlights. Yeah, the nigga ah. was just like, 
<laughs> and then when he realized it was Cardi, he probably sat there and said, oh, fuck, my life is over. Do you think that nigga shit at himself a little bit? Like, fuck, blood niggas is in here now. It's not good for me. <laughs> I think he probably sat there and said, fuck, this is an issue. This is a problem. If I was that nigga, I would have played Get It Back in Blood right then and there. Like, all right, cool. I know the energy. This is my last record for the night. I'm going through the back door. My name is not DJ Willie anymore. My DJ is DJ Never. <laughs> Should have never did that tough shit. But again, that's not his fault though. Niggas is a, I do wonder if the the who promoter the, yeah who's the nigga that gave it. I to? wonder if the promoter nigga tried to set him up. That's my question. Promoter nigga was like, oh, I don't fuck with this nigga. Like, like, yeah, yeah, nah, 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 Nikki in the building, right? Yeah, nah, nah, Nikki. <laughs> Make sure you say Nikki. That nigga say your new nigga be DJ Will get fucked up. This <laughs> is Um. We wrapping we wrapping up entertainment because this nigga is just this nigga silly man. Um, we wrapping up entertainment with the playoffs. <laughs> this nigga dies in the corner over here. <laughs> <laughs> the Suns went out sad last night. Oh man, the they, sun went down, nigga. They was down by forty the entire game. Fuck. Game seven. Mm. I mean. You ain't get them back like that. That sun ain't never shining in Arizona for nothing. Nah, it's over for them. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's over for them. Nigga, that nigga had, a, <laughs> niggas had an Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix is over. Um, yeah, they had an eclipse. Because Chris Paul, I think he's still, you know, he's still a great player. But that window is closing as the uh, West is looking nasty. Chris, look, it's time to retire. It may soon be. It may soon be. He disappeared during his playoffs, and uh-huh. that's been a knock against him is that he disappeared. He disappears in the playoffs, just yeah. like James Harden. Yeah. Um, who also went outside this series. The oh, Heat. Yeah, yeah. He cooked them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Warriors also had a really bad performance in their series, but they bounced back. They were down by 55 at one point. Damn. This is some of the wildest shit I've ever seen in playoff uh, history from me watching. I ain't never seen teams down by like fifty. Yeah, uh, it's bad. like teams getting smacked. Yeah, like yeah, like OD smacked. Like, like y'all niggas is watching Smack DVD. What y'all niggas play? Yeah, I don't like, know. If U- this huh. is COVID. This is long term COVID. Nigga, this is URL fucking in reverse. Yeah, on the basketball shit. court. Like y'all niggas got to do better. Oh man, we've been avoiding this shit, but we gonna get here now because the world is fucked up, and we gonna talk about it. <laughs> Well, I've got some red meat for you. We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. Almost didn't want to play the intro because how ridiculously out of pocket this fucking topic is. But, um... Most of you are aware there was a mass shooting in Buffalo, New York. Uh, someone, I don't even know this nigga's name. I, fuck, I, fuck that nigga's name, man. Yeah, I didn't decide to look no it light. up. I don't, I don't really. No light on it. Um, I do want to give light to his name only on the sense of you the fuck nigga, but I don't even have the energy to look this nigga's name up. Like, it's 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 weird. He's a teenager. 18-year-old. Um, did the. This was heavily premeditated. We're gonna we're gonna do what the media does to black men though. He was an eighteen year old man. He was definitely an eighteen year old man. Um 
200 miles. 200 miles. He had a prerogative. Um, he had an agenda. Um, y'all got to understand that when you're driving 200 miles. You have multiple times to turn that shit around. Multiple times to turn it around. Multiple times. You, you probably stop for gas maybe uh, two, three times in the trip, depending on what type of vehicle you have. And you're paying like $70 because gas is almost say, $5. Right. You're paying $70. On top of that, you definitely went through a couple tolls. Couple tolls. Not not two, not three. Probably went through about five, six. And two, 200 miles is at least a four-hour right. four drive. You, you was probably stuck in traffic at some point. And probably you probably you probably had time to really think through exactly what you're going to do. And then when you get... So you ain't never do no shit like this in your community, in your neighborhood. You go to, quote-unquote, a random place, Buffalo. Who said who said it was random? Because a lot of niggas are saying he knew it you know was what? an impoverished right. black community. I, I stand corrected. What I heard on the news the other day is that he surveillance this area several times, about several maybe times. two, three times. So he had, he knew he knew he knew what he was gonna do, but he had to know how he was gonna actually do it, how he was gonna pull it off. And the 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 fucked up part about this whole thing that lets you know that he really 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 thought this was a game. This nigga filmed it in real time live on streams. Twitch. I was like, no way, bro. It look honestly, no exaggeration, and also no pun intended. This shit looked like a, a fucking um RPG. Well, he he, I think on the Twitch, if I'm not mistaken, he mentions Call of Duty. He mentions. Uh, he mentions acting like this is a Call of Duty mission. Now, I'm not putting anything on gamers or Call of Duty wow. at all. Yes. Um, but for him, he thought it was was a cool thing to do to put the camera on his chest as if he was in Call of Duty and make it seem like he was doing a mission. Um, unfortunately, one of our mutual... Friends on Instagram put up the actual video of him shooting people. So I actually saw because he the the Twitch live stream went on for two minutes before Twitch cut it and realized that it was an actual mm. um, event that was right. happening. So the the live stream went for two minutes and shows two minutes of him shooting and killing people. Right. And within this live stream. He spares a life because of his skin color. Yeah, white man on the floor screams and Please he goes, oh, my God, he said, oh, my sorry. God, I'm sorry. And just kept it pushing. There was a woman that he had initially shot when he got into the supermarket. And he shot her again in the head. He walks was, up to her and shoots her in the head. I was like, yeah. Um, Watching that honestly woke me up. I feel like I feel like uh, that. There's been a lot of parts of me that have been sleep and not really as vocal as I could or should be um, or how I was or used to be in the past when it came to marches and protests and rallies and shit like that. And I had made a, a, a post about it like, you know, maybe I got too comfortable in performing and doing shows and, you know, left a, a side of me alone because I didn't want to deal with always having to feel like I had to go to a protest, had to go to a meeting, had to go to a march because 
these things just keep happening. And it's not that I got tired of going to them. It was just other things started to take space and hold more occupancy in my life. But it's just getting to a point where, you know, Chance the Rapper said it best. You know what I mean? He, 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 he basically said that, you know, people of color need to be having these conversations everywhere. And we don't necessarily have to meet up because we're everywhere. And he's absolutely fucking right. And we need to be having these conversations whether we um, don't meet up in public, but we need to be having them in private. We should be the ones figuring out what the fuck we need to do, what the next steps are. But let's keep it real. There's a lot of us that will see one of us needing assistance, and because we're in a higher position, we won't give it. Yeah. This, what's happening right now, honestly, is a decline in unification. And it it only... The only time people want to talk about being unified, the only time people want to really put their best foot forward is when shit like this happens. That's true. And it's like, when is enough going to be enough in terms of like, we have, we have the resources at this point. I think Mm -hmm. there's enough black billionaires. Oh yeah. There's, it's too much. There's a lot of black millionaires. It could be more. There is a lot of black healing mm-hmm. that has happened. A lot of healing spaces. And yet, the only time we really want to talk about unification is when some serious, serious, serious shit happens and there's some loss of life. And then now everybody want to get militant. Everybody want to talk about pick up your guns, buy your guns if you ain't do that already. Everybody wants to get on that level, but for however many months of calm that happens in between, it's individualism all over again. Facts. It's how much money I'm getting. It's our black men getting caught up in RICO cases. Is our It's our black men glorifying street life. Right. Our black women glorifying ratchetness. Right. Niggas getting money. I played the song that's going to be the song of the summer, FNF. Mm. I, I played it earlier. That's mm. Bonafide going to be the song of the summer. I guarantee it. And who's that by again? Glorilla. I don't even know who that is. Brand new artist. Her name is Gorilla? Yeah. Wow. Glorilla. Oh, glor- Oh shit. And oh, wow. what we're celebrating it, and again, we all... Listen, we can have fun, but sometimes I question why fun is synonymous with ratchet, ghetto, low vibrational shit. Right, fuck shit. Why is that in black culture considered fun? Like, why do we celebrate that as fun? If you want to get your mind off of some, some shit, go shake your ass in somebody's club or... Go do some ratchet hood shit. The video for FNF got a pregnant chick just all around these other people drinking and and doing. She's not, but everybody's drinking, shaking their ass, doing quote unquote ratchet hood rat shit. Uh, hood rat shit. So Mm-mm. for me, it's kind of like, why do we we could glorify that shit if we if ninety percent of us were in a 
positive position. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you know, a lot of us had our money up, a lot of us had our socioeconomic status in a good uh, standing position, if a lot of us was already setting our careers, had our families going, or, you know, had something really great happening for us. But a lot of us is doing that, and a lot of us is broke. A lot of us do not have, you know what I mean, things going in our favor. A lot of us is literally penny-pinching. Paycheck to paycheck, you know what I mean? But I'll spend our last on Dior. Spend our last on Dior, Chanel, you know what I mean? If, if we run into some bread, a Birkin maybe, you know, it's sad. It's sad. Um, R.I.P. to um, all of the victims who um, lost um, their, their life. Um, I know one of the victims was um, an Advent churchgoer. Um, one of them I read was an ex-police officer. Um, one of them was actually uh, doing security for the building at the time. And he was also one of the ones who lost his life as well. It's very unfortunate that um, it takes loss of life, you know, for us to you know, remember somebody's life. Just the other day we were talking about, you know, the untimely death of Kevin Samuels. And here we are again talking about, you know, more lives that, you know, did not know that they were going to lose their life that day. Um, it's very unfortunate. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know what else to say. Um, just talking about it now is just making me a bit numb to the fact that it actually happened when I do think about these things though it really does make me think about my own parents my own mortality and you know there was nothing that could have stopped that person from doing what he wanted to do because he literally knew exactly when to go he knew exactly how to do it and you know this is something that he wanted to do you know I don't understand though at 18 years old how could you have that much hatred in your heart for a group of people? It's, it's, it's wild to me. So, R.I.P. to all the lives I was taking, and the only way you have that type of hate is if you taught it mm. at eighteen years old. Yeah. Or maybe you had an incident where something happened to you, but nine times out of ten you were just taught that, and um, mm. you know what? What really chilled me was seeing the video of the actual shooting right i saw it on whatsapp i didn't want to see it to be honest i typically stay away from shit like that i don't want to see all of that gory shit on a regular basis but i stumbled upon it and seeing the man get out of his car with the gun and a woman just pushing her cart right and this nigga decides to shoot twice and the body goes limp and falls to the ground and then he runs and shoots somebody else shoots a lady in the leg she falls to the ground runs up on her and shoots her in the head like you said bro that could be that could have been any one of us that decided yo i gotta go get some cereal damn i'm running low on juice so let me go grab a couple cartons Yo, I'm about to have dinner, so I want to grab a couple steaks. People who are just living their lives, doing regular shit, minding their business, 
And because somebody has been brainwashed into thinking color matters so much that somehow I'm going to make a difference by running into the supermarket and shooting. And then this cowardice shit. Why you ain't go to the, the Bloods block? Right. Why you ain't walk up to the Crips? Right. Latin Kings. You know what I mean? MS-13. Niggas that you know is strapped. Right. <laughs> and yeah. did that shit. Yeah. Shit, at that point, you were, you you want some different type of timing. Right. I mean, shit, if you did some shit like that, oh, my God. But nah, you run up on people who are under the impression that they are just about to live their regular everyday life. And that they're safe. And you do this shit. You know, uh, shout out to uh, Sip with China. Um, she posted all the lives of the people that um, was unfortunately killed. We got Roberta Drury. She was a 37-year-old woman who was in town to take care of her brother that recently just had a bone marrow transplant. We have Pearly Young, 77-year-old woman that ran pantry where she fed people in need every Saturday. Ruth Whitfield, 86 years old. She had just left the nursing home where she was just there caring for her husband. Now he's left without her in this world. Catherine, a.k.a. Kat Macy, was a 17-year-old woman who's, whose life was to be a lifelong organizer for civil rights, education, and gun violence. We got Aaron Salter. He was a retired police officer. This guy I was talking about earlier whom was doing security at the grocery store. Tried to stop him. Yeah. Um, Celestine Cheney. Celestine Cheney, 70, 65, survivor of breast cancer and left behind seven grandchildren that she loved. Deacon Haywood Tenney Patterson, 68. He loved his church and family. He eventually... He even voluntarily drove people whom didn't have cars to and from the grocery store each day. My God. Instagram deleted my story post that did not show any violence. It only showed a white man being shown remorse and having his life spread. Spared. Shout out to Sip with China for the for the content. I got R.I.P. I don't know. Type of shit makes me want to grab a grip. Facts. And if white people are so afraid... Of retaliation because this is partly what it is. There are white people out here that are, that know that they have done some horrific things to people of color, and they are just waiting for the day where they think black people are just going to rise up and just start killing white people. Reason why that hasn't happened is because black people don't think like that. Amen. And it's going to take a lot for us to think like that. But I'm telling you now, the moment we think like that, ain't no turning back. Guys. Ain't no stopping that. Yeah, ain't no turning back. Y'all know about the Haitian Revolution. Oh, man. Oh, man. Y'all y'all know about these niggas, man. So, I mean, y'all keep asking for this race war. Play, play, play if you want. <laughs> and I don't know if y'all really know what's going to happen in this race war. So, I... I don't know what needs to happen. I don't know why white people think that they are going to get replaced. It's just a matter of science. Y'all are going to be in the minority. It's okay. Y'all will be all right. Because the dark-skinned people are not, they don't give a fuck. We don't care about y'all. We're not going to wait till we are 60% of the population and be like, yo, let's, 
Let's lock up and and uh, whip and enslave all the white people, cause that's y'all mentality. That's not us. We don't give. We're not trying to enslave nobody. Facts. We're not trying to whip nobody. Nine year old boy comes to the door of a uh, a black a, a nine year old black girl with a whip yeah. because he quote unquote got jumped after running around hitting the black kids with his skateboard. No. And then the father comes out with a gun. Where did he get the whip? Like, these are questions that need answers. That is a big fact. Where did where did he get the whip? That is a big fact. Where did he get the whip? And then and and then who let him out the house to go to the the neighbor's house across the street with the whip? It's a real interesting time and not in a good way that we live in. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to bring us together. I know Charlemagne just dropped some shit about they're about to uh, release files about UFOs. They've been talking about sending oh, naked shit. images into space. Maybe that'll bring us together knowing that there's aliens out there. Crying. But other than that, niggas is really out here doing some wild shit. I just... Uh, open the app and realize that we forgot to put on here one rod wave um recently got arrested and i think that news dropped when we were recording last week and i just kept saying they didn't release much details and i just kept saying yo i hope this is not a domestic case and sure enough it's a domestic case apparently he uh choked his ex-girlfriend mother of his kids or something like that in front of oh the kids were in the house when it happened and he got arrested for that. Streets is done. Streets is done. Yeah, streets is done. Rajon Rondo, Yo. famous basketball player. And I saw that. I said, oh yeah. Pulled out a gun. This sounds like some CTE shit, but you don't play basketball. I mean, you don't play football. Right. You play basketball. Right. You play a sport that's not really contact unless you go into the rim. It's this. I don't know where we at, Something's bro. going on. Going back to the, you know, people are suffering from stuff. What they're suffering from? Multiple things. A lot of people are in a bad multiple, space. Multiple things at once. Money ain't going to solve it. These people are rich. These people got, and you still see the decline. A lot of things happening. Kim Jong-un uh, finally, I guess, realized that COVID was going on. The nigga finally uh, put out. Uh, what did he, this nigga said that he's calling for, um, a state of emergency because there was a COVID outbreak in North Korea. Nigga, where have you been? <laughs> uh, no comment. No comment on that young man. Um, man's younger than me and you. Crazy. Two final things before we go. A woman is facing time for breaking into a man's house and giving him head. All right. So what we're not going to do is play around with this. Oh, wait. We got to before you get serious. How bad had that head have to be? This fucking... In order for... This nigga to call the police on her. It probably was real bad. That had to be some trash head that that nigga woke up to. I am sorry. The nigga, the nigga heard the alarm, saw the shorty. Go down and probably let it let it rock for a minute, and then right. he's like, "Damn, this head is terrible." Somebody somebody wrote in one of the comment sections. I never saw something that was so funny, 
be turned into something so serious. They're like, I don't know how to feel, but damn. All right, now that we got that out of our system, uh, where you going with this, brother? Now I was just saying, like, I was kind of in the same line with you. Like, how, like, like, how serious was this? Like, fellas, fellas. Well, we know how serious it was because if this was reversed, forget about it. I mean. Forget, forget about it. That nigga's going to jail. Nigga going to jail. Nigga's going to jail. Nigga's going to want to kill him. He might be end up on the fucking sex offender list for all that shit. You know, and for her to be like, yo, all I did was give him some head. Right. But honestly, like. Yo, fair is fair. This nigga Van Lathan said, throw the book at her. Fuck it. Throw the book at her. I mean, but even reading it, bro. Reading it was kind of I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even. Re- when I read it, son, I'll be honest. It, it didn't come with any angst you know like if i would have yeah. read that story and it was female in, in, dick off. in bed and man uh wakes up to man giving her head that sounds scary like dead ass that sounds crazy that shit sounds funny too i, I don't find humor in it but that shit sounds scary to read if you were to read a newspaper and it was like yo this lady woke up and there was a nigga in her room Giving her head. Like so I think I think the problem is just like money, when it comes to sex, sex is not for men. Sex is for women. Well, well this wouldn't be sex, bro. This is rape. Well, yeah, I know, I <laughs> like, know. But what I'm saying is that this man called the cops because this girl was giving him head. But maybe this was head that he didn't want, per se, from her. However, or it could just be the fact that there's a random stranger <clears throat> right. in your room <laughs> doing a sexual act to you. Right. Now, I feel like I didn't read all the comments, but some of the comments I did read basically was like, this nigga's capping. Um, again, though, going back to what you said, if, it, if the roles were reversed, automatically it would be deemed as rape. But automatically, this story was not deemed as had, um, was not deemed as rape. I didn't even see rape in anything I read. Well, that yes, in that capacity that's, that's of things, a double standard that way. Yeah, that is the interesting component. Is most people are willing to laugh at this more than they're willing to be like, "Yo, that's probably a scary situation that he was in." Yeah, because most people are probably saying this thing is gay. That's somewhere in there, or. They're going to go the route that I went. That head was trash. Had right. to be. If he was getting some good head, would he have called the cops? But right. naturally, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, and, we, and, and and we can only joke like that because it's a man that this happens. Right. Because you that, and that was my point earlier. Is if, <laughs> if there was a woman that said, yo, I woke up and there was a nigga just giving me head. Like, that's not that don't even sound funny. It sounds scary. It's crazy. The society we live in, man. The, the double standard is crazy. Now, I'm trying to put myself in that position of maybe chilling. I'm asleep, and I wake up to some random woman in my... And I don't know if she's random. She might have knew this nigga to some extent. Um, but if it's unwanted, it's unwanted. Um, so waking up and some someone that you do not want head from just there just giving you head how did she get in the crib was that is that anywhere in there like did she climb through a window i don't know door? i ain't all even right. go through all that all right cool because we we definitely gonna get to the bottom of the story for sure 
the, the truth is coming out. One of these days. Uh, yeah. Let me see if I can find any more. Because uh, it says Jacksonville woman facing sexual battery charges after breaking into a man's okay. house to give him some top. Even how it's written. Even how it's written. Give him some top. That niggas is making this shit a joke already. Fuck. Because that would not be the headline if this was what? Yeah, if that was if that was a a woman, um, and a man did that, that it wouldn't be. Man goes into house and is facing battery. That shit would have read sex pedophile. Oh yeah, sex offender, hundred percent. Nigga, it's over. Um, yeah, I don't have much. There's not much info here besides Van saying throw the book at her. Yeah, everybody else kind of joking about it, right? Um, but now, and then someone put what she do bite his shit uh. to get battery dogs. You don't have to bite his shit to get battery, right? Like he, uh, she assaulted it. That's it. Um. And then the final thing on the docket for tonight before we get out of here is Ted Cruz is distancing himself from Trump. I find this to be very interesting because most of the Republican Party has still been doing the MAGA Trump shit. Part of their rhetoric has been um, Democrats are pedophiles. They've been running with that shit. Um, And that is a big MAGA Trump uh, base situation. But Ted Cruz, who's who is a notable Republican, many of us know has done wild, stupid shit. Most notably, as of late, was when Texas had those snowstorms and that nigga went to Cancun. Um, he's been distancing himself from Trump, and you don't gotta take it from me. I'm gonna play the clip for y'all. Get that going. Find that shit real quick. Where's this nigga at? Here we go. I'd love to see a Republican candidate stand up in a primary and say, I'm a moderate establishment squish. I stand for absolutely nothing. It would be refreshingly honest at least. But nobody says that. And by the way, they all pledge their love for Donald Trump. I love Donald Trump. No, no, I love Donald Trump more. No, no, no. I have Donald Trump tattooed on my rear end. Let's see it. Nigga really thought he ate. I like you, but not that much. That's wild. That's wild. So it's very interesting because most Republicans are still on the Trump train. They're still anything Trump says or they're going to Mar-a-Lago and making themselves have photo ops with the nigga. But Ted Cruz obviously is being very intentional about positioning himself opposite of Trump. And I don't know what that means. Um, I don't know what data he has that is going to, that is telling him do this, make sure that you start to separate. He does have, a election coming up against Beto O'Rourke. He's planning on going head to head with Ted Cruz for Texas. Um, but any thoughts? Nah. Um, politics, politics, clan shooters. Mm. That's where I'm at with that. That's where that's where I'm always gonna be with that. Absolutely. I 
it's interesting. I think it's something to watch. I think uh, if we start to see more Republicans doing that, that could mean that Trump is losing his grip on the party. Um, I don't know what that means for Republicans in general. I don't know what that means for political rhetoric because some of this political rhetoric that has been generated through Trumpism is part of the reason why this young man decided to go and shoot up a black supermarket. That's a fact. So all this shit is connected to me. Um, so if there is a distancing from it, what what does that mean and where where is it going and how many other people are going to follow this uh this train that Ted Cruz is trying to put everybody on or it seems like he's trying to operate to. I don't know. Um what's the tough knot? If all of the truth was to ever be exposed, there would never be no no peace on the land. None. Mm. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Uh, black men, it's okay to find your healing. It's okay to find your truth. And most importantly, it's okay to own up to your mistakes. In today's society, it's almost like it's taboo to even have mistakes. Which then leads people to bury their mistakes. Which then leads to people uncovering your mistakes. And leading you to confront them maybe when you're not ready. Because now they come with backlash. Now they come with social media think tanks. They come with pieces about how you are mentally unstable and or you are the worst person in the world because you made a mistake. The reality is we all make mistakes and we all deserve redemption. And in order for us to get to that place, we need to know that it is okay to make mistakes so that we are able to own our mistakes. Another episode of that has to both us.